It's snacking and get cracking with a snack that packs a protein punch. Pistachios are known for their protein power, fiber, and better for you unsaturated fats for a combination that may help you keep feeling fuller longer. Wonderful Pistachios is a good source of protein with zero gill. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. I love that they come in a variety of sizes and flavors, making this the perfect protein snack for any on-the-go adventure. Check out wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more about how these little green wonders can power up your day. Welcome in, everyone, to the Flow Track Podcast Watch Party of the NCAA Cross Country Championships. I'm Kevin Sully, joined by Gordon Mack. Gordon, did you enjoy your one day off from collegiate track and field and cross country? I did. It's a great one day off. It was, but it was short. It was only 23 hours. It wasn't 24 hours, which made me think the athletes who are doubling back from indoor championships, they got one less hour of rest. Will that be the deciding factor of Kip2 or the other Arkansas women's abilities to run a fast 10K or 6K? I don't know. That hour is a lot. I mean, did you miss the hour on Sunday? Did Oof. you know that we lost the hour? Did, were you able to keep track of that? I, I did know that we lost the hour, and look, I could use it. But we're here. We've waited several months for the cross-country championships, the 2021 cross-country championships taking place uh, in 2021 now. Man, this course is going to be hard. So not only are they dealing with the the time change here, we got warm temperatures in Stillwater and a course that BYU coach Ed Eyestone says is the hardest he's ever seen. Dave Smith, Oklahoma State coach who uh, is hosting this meet, said it goes from Death Valley to Mount Fuji. So this could yield some unpredictable results. Before we go any further, though, Gordon, kind of break down what people are going to see during this watch party, if you could. So the races start at the women's races at 1150 men's races at 1240 central time. So about 50 minutes from now, we'll have our first race. If you notice on the screen, you got Kevin's beautiful face, my face, and then also some stats. One thing that we're going to have during this entire watch party is we're going to let you know the current top 20 standings and the top 10 team standings after every split. There's going to be a new split every 1K. So we're going to have five splits before the final on the women's side we're gonna have nine different splits on the men's side and we'll be able to know who's moving up who's moving down keep keeping track of that team score at the bottom all the way through the top 10. right now on the screen you're seeing our our rankings these are our final rankings heading into the championship obviously we have whitney orton as our number one ranked athlete she hasn't run much we'll talk about that as we preview this upcoming women's race and then we have the byu women Ranked number one, coming off their pretty good uh, indoor meet, I'd say, on Friday and Saturday. But it's not going to just be us in this feed. We're going to have the stats. We're going to have Kevin. We're going to have me. Mm -hmm. And we're going to have some special guests. For the women's race, we're bringing in silver medalist Courtney Frerichs, also NCAA champion and fourth place finisher at the 2015 NCAA championships in Louisville. And she's going to be here during the women's race. So you guys can ask her questions while we're watching the race, get her perspective of how she thinks it's going to play out. And also, she's going to be doing a little cheerleading probably because the New Mexico Lobos, they're in contention to potentially win. <laughs> so get to see Courtney's real-time reaction to the results. And then on the men's side, after the women's race, we're going to sub in Courtney Frerichs in for – we're going to sub in Morgan McDonald for Courtney – and have Morgan McDonald, the 2018 NCAA champion, 
when he won it on his home course in Madison, Wisconsin. He'll be watching the races with us on the men's side, give his take of what it would be like if he was in that battle with Kip 2 and Mance and Grijalva, how he would approach a race like this, get his perspective from being in it. I mean, only we can, you and me, Kevin, we can never really mm-hmm. get the true perspective of what it's like to be in a Division One NCAA championship race. We were never that good, unfortunately. But we have two people who can kind of fill in for what it's actually like to be on that course. And it's going to be fun. Uh, Courtney's going to come online at 11.35, I believe. So 15 minutes before the race. Morgan will come on 15 minutes before the men's race. But until then, we got to preview this meet. We got two great races. And... We got, we're going to crown mm-hmm. champions. I'm excited. It's going to be a fun time. Comment your thoughts in our comments. You got live comments. We'll be asking some of your, answering some of your questions. Give your picks, give your hot takes. Uh, tell yeah. us where we're going to go wrong, where we're going to go right. It's going to be a fun time. Fun two hours of cross country madness. Yeah. And long subscribe speech, while speech. you're here, please. That yeah, was subscribe. a great speech. Subscribe. Oh. You forgot the most important part at the end. <laughs> subscribe to the flow track podcast youtube page yeah you will not see the race on here but you will see like i said real-time reaction and updated scores for those of you who were the true diehards who were with gordon and i on saturday for the incidentally indoor setup it'll be the same except instead of projected scores you're gonna see actual scores so gordon's not gonna try to project what the 6k will be at the 1k he's not gonna do that that would be crazy he's but he's just gonna tell you what's going on at 1k and then we'll have plenty of time to dig into what it means throughout this race as gordon mentioned yes comment uh in the chat box you can also put your predictions there as well and when we get the guests on we're going to open it up obviously to your questions as well we'll have plenty of time to do that but first Man, Gordon, we're about we're about 45 minutes away from the start of the women's race. So why don't we start there and jump into this women's race? You mentioned on the screen right now, those athletes are listed in ranked order. Same with the teams. So let's start first on the team side. We'll do the individuals after that. The number one ranked BYU Cougars. What do you expect to see from them today? Well, they're undefeated on the cross-country course in the 2020-2021 season. They won back in October on this course in Stillwater at the OK State Invite. Pretty one-handedly. Competition wasn't that strong. Uh, Then they went on to win the Silver State meet in Nevada. They won their conference meet pretty easily. And as you guys seen, they had an incredible indoor meet. But none of those indoor athletes are going to be here on the cross-country course. So it's really two teams. So indoor track season was really a completely separate separate situation from what we're going to see in these seven women uh, in Stillwater. And they're ranked number one because they got the best athlete on paper, Whitney Orton. She hasn't raced since October, but she did do a workout in the West Coast Conference Championships. We filmed it. We'll probably post that workout this week. She looked good in the workout. So from my perspective, from my eyes and what I've seen and what they have, they are the favorites, but they're favorites in a, in a close race. They're not – they're not separating themselves the way BYU and NAU on the men's side separate themselves from the pack. They could easily get fourth. They could easily get maybe get fifth, but they also could easily win, which is kind of what's going to be unique mm-hmm. about this women's race is that from one to five, you could argue pluses and minuses on all those squads. So uh, BYU, they're the favorite and probably the tightest race we're going to see. 
Um, and that's purely because, I mean, if you look at our rankings, we have Orton mm-hmm. ranked number one, and then we have Anna Camp ranked 14, and then uh, Frenthaway 19. So we have three women in the top 20. It's pretty good. They're going to need a great five. Mm-hmm. I think that's going to be a story for everyone. But yeah, BYU, they have the star up front, and they have two strong sticks in Camp and Frenthaway. That should be enough to put them in the conversation. When I look at all these teams, because of the way the season played out, you can put it into three chunks. You can look at the teams that ran fall cross country. Either they had a full season or they had just one meet. You can look at the indoor season, and then you can look at cross country. The BYU women, they touched on all three. Now, back in the fall, you were there in Stillwater when they won that OK State invite, which got them the opportunity to see this course, which I don't think can be underrated in a course this challenging. Again, a lot of undulations in the course and the ending you're going to go from the lowest point to the highest point in that home stretch there so that's going to be a big challenge so an advantage there for for byu being uh seeing as how they they saw the course already indoors now when it comes to indoors we saw how well byu do you did in the indoor meet won the dmr courtney wayman but remember that's a completely different team completely different they weren't even practicing together i was texting with diljit taylor over the weekend i said hey is, has Whitney Orton been working out with Courtney Wayman? Because Courtney Wayman, we all know how good she is now because she just won two NCAA titles. So they haven't even been working out together. But there is one key indoor result that you can pull as it pertains to BYU chances. And that's Anna Camp. BYU's number two ran an 852 3K at UW beating Courtney Wayman. She beat Courtney Wayman. So she beat the NCAA 3K champion. Now that was early on in the season, but that just goes to show you know, where we think BYU's number two runner is. And then we get, like you said, undefeated in this winter cross-country season. They won that Silver State meet, won uh, West Coast Conference Championships. Uh, We'll talk more about Orton individually because I think that's sort of fascinating. She hasn't run a race since October 2020. But let's go into the number two ranked team, the New Mexico Lobos, who kept a very low profile and then came on late. Yeah, something interesting about this Lobo team is once they started giving us early in the year, I ranked them like awfully. I ranked them like 20th. <laughs> I got some I got some texts from Coach Joe Franklin. It's like after they had their good first race, hey, we're not 20th anymore, are we? Huh? You know, sarcastically. And they weren't. They went from 20th in my mind to a top three, probably potentially even maybe number one at the end when all is said mm-hmm. and done. And that was purely because their entire roster had not run for – almost a year and a half because of the pandemic. They had no data points. They lost Wayne Kaladi. They lost a few others from graduation. And all of their new guns that they had were kind of just like untested. We didn't really know what they would become. It's kind of hard to know what an athlete does in the winter of 2019 is going to translate to the spring of 2021 or I guess late winter of 2021. So once they started racing though, we realize, okay, this is a legit team, and they're a unique team. This team is going to be led by an athlete in Avic Cohen who may not even finish mm-hmm. top 10. I have her ranked 11th right now. That rarely happens. You rarely see a team win a national title without a low stick that finishes in the top 10. And this New Mexico team, because of their depth, because of the pack of their depth, could break that mold. They have Cohen, who may not be top 10 like a Whitney Orton or Donahue or Dudek type, but she's definitely going to be top 20. And then behind them, they have a slew of 
talented athletes that are likely to finish in the 20 to 50 range. And if they could put four mm -hmm. between 20 and 50, the points are going to add up to about 150 team score. And this is a year where we, I think 150 is going to win. So mm -hmm. we could not see New Mexico on the screen the entire race and they could end up becoming national yeah. champions because of their pack from places 25 to 50. Average gap, one to five gap in their two meets this year, 24 seconds. So that's that's pretty good. You brought up the fact, though, about the low stick. You said it hardly ever happens. Since the field expanded to 31 teams in 1998, Gordon, the lowest one stick, let me say that again. Let's just say the worst low stick ever. Yeah. The highest scoring low stick comes from 1998 Villanova, 10th, 10th. So no one since 1998 has ever won the title without somebody being in the top 10. Now that year, Villanova went 10, 11, 15, 18, 52. So when your number two is at 11, that can change a lot of things. But it is very rare what New Mexico is attempting to do. Now, does Cohen have the potential or whoever any uh, New Mexico's number one is to finish in that top 10? Of course, we could definitely see that happen today. But you're right. The key to them is just kind of moving that pack a little bit farther up and maybe getting a glimpse of the of, of, of the cameras at some point. Um, let's go now to the third one, the third squad here. You have Stanford, who, again, didn't race fall cross country, didn't do indoor track, didn't meet as a team until they were on their way to the FSU cross country meet this winter. That's the first time they got to, they raced before they had actually practiced together. Uh, but they are in the mix here. They won pack 12s. What's the key for Stanford? Well, Stanford is lucky that they found a star in Zofia Dudek because going into mm -hmm. the season, we thought it was going to be the Donahue Lawson show. And we thought they had that mm -hmm. one, two punch in Donahue and Lawson, but Lawson has kind of fallen off her fitness. We don't know, you know, it could be anything. We don't know the inside details of any athlete here or there, but Lawson is coming a little long, a little better, but Dudek has really established herself as that true number mm -hmm. two for Stanford and not a number two that's going to finish 20th. I mean, we have her ranked number four in the nation. She's going to be the Nico Young of the women's race uh, we can project. Mm -hmm. And maybe maybe even she has a, a – she comes – she runs out of her mind and even becomes their number one runner. Yeah. I mean, she's been right up there with yeah. Donahue the entire season, but their pathway – is basically having an unbelievable one-two punch in Donahue and Dudek, and then just hoping that their three, four, five can all just have strong races. And mm -hmm. I mean, on compared to all the teams, I mean, the Donahue Dudek one-two punch is much better than the Orton Camp one-two, better than a, than New Mexico's one-two, better than Washington's, better than NC State's. So um, mm -hmm. if it's a two-person meet, they're winning hands down. The question will be, will there three, four, it's five? It's not though. <laughs> it's not though. It's not you person me. Yeah, what would happen? Yeah, that is, that is an issue. You want to score? You know what uh, I always thought about dual meet scoring. <laughs> no, I always thought about, you know, like you need five athletes to score. What would happen in a sure. cross country race if something cataclysmic? Is that the word? Cataclysmic. Cataclysmic. There cataclysmic you go. happens I, where you everyone loses three runners and so no mm -hmm. team can score five mm -hmm. just something happens like an earthquake happens and half the field goes out 
who would win? Would they just everyone gets a DN, a DN, DNF and then we just have no national mm-hmm. champion? That's what I want to know. Let's not let's not tempt fate, especially after what okay. happened in 2020. Let's move on now to number four, Washington. Number four, Washington didn't run in the fall. Uh, had some good indoor performances. Uh, got third in the Pac-12 meet. Haley Herberg, their Pac-12 champion, won that race from the front. This team is purely ranked in the top five for one reason and one reason only is on the potential or expectation or perspective or projection or whatever you want to say that Melanie Smart will run in this race. Melanie Smart, she's a sophomore. She has not run all season long, but if she does run, she is a top – she does run and she's healthy enough. She is a top 20 contender and replacing – their current fifth woman with a Melanie Smart makes them from mm-hmm. being the 10th best team to being a top four team. And right now I have Melanie Smart ranked 17th in the nation. I've heard I that she's running. She's on a start list. Is, they are, took her off. Are these, well, they, so every team is listing eight here and she is not on the eight that are listed on the Whoa. NCAA. Okay. She was on the 10. So they might've taken her off. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, so, that Breaking, will, that'll drop Washington. Washington's down. not going to be that good this at, in this race. I mean, they could still have a strong showing. Haley Herberg's is running well. Ali Shadler, I mean, had a, had a good indoor season. Uh, but yeah, mm-hmm. okay, that that does that does change things. So Melanie Smart not in the race definitely changes the perspective mm-hmm. of what they can. All do. right, and then and then we get to this next group. We get this next group of teams: NC State. NAU and Colorado. Tyrone in the chat wants to know if NAU, the women, are they good enough to podium? I think so. Yeah. I think they have been competitive when they've gone up against the Stanfords and Washingtons and New Mexicos of this world in some of their Nevada meets. They dominated their Big Sky Championship. Uh, And they were competitive with New Mexico, Stanford, and Washington when they didn't run their number two runner. And now when they add mm-hmm. their number two runner, that makes them much better. Uh, they're still, I mean, this is the second time at the NCAAs, right? They made it for the first time in like 13 years. This is round two. So they have that a little more experience. They're not as wide-eyed to be like, oh, we, do we belong here? They know they belong. Mm-hmm. Um, they were what, 13th last year or something like that? I think, I think on a bad day, they're getting 10th. And on a great day, they're getting they're getting fourth, mm-hmm. and then on a normal while day on, they're getting somewhere in between somewhere in between there. Yeah, while we're on the topic of of scratches and rosters, after Arkansas, the women won the indoor title. Their head coach Lance Harder said that they were going to bring a younger team to to Stillwater, rest some of their their distance runners. So Lauren Gregory is not on the start list. Uh, someone mentioned that in the chat. I appreciate it, um, but. It also looks like they scratched Taylor Ewart as well. So Arkansas, we did not have projected in the in, in the top five, but just an update there on who is running and who is not. NC State, let me read NC State's starters to you. Starters. I like how I'm putting this into football or basketball or soccer terms here. And now, starting. Tell us uh, where they're Samantha from. Samantha Bush. 
Samantha, uh, NC State, a lot of them are from New York. Uh, Samantha Bush, Kelsey Camille, Dominique Clermonte, Mariah uh, Howlett, Savannah Shaw, Hannah Steelman, Caitlin Tui, and Julia Zachego. So uh, a lot of people are going to focus on on Tui. Steelman is coming back from the indoor meet, but Dominique Clermonte uh, ran really well during the fall cross-country season. Doesn't look like she's raced since then, but she was the ACC champion. Yeah, it's going to be – I mean, NC State had so much potential in the summer, right? Mm -hmm. And then pandemic hit. Uh, they've been kind of struck with some injuries. Um, I would love to know, like, if we had this NC State team – if this championship was in November, would NC State be mm -hmm. more of a favorite to potentially win? I just think the time off and some of the injuries and they don't have Marley Starlipper yet kind of just – Nothing really went according to plan in this first year of their, you know, all their great freshmen and young athletes. Um, mm -hmm. That this might be kind of like a a wash race for them, where they they still are competitive. They finish in the five to ten range, but then mm -hmm. when it comes to fall of next year, or I guess fall of this year, um, they yeah. are more keyed in. Starlipper's healthy. Caitlin Tui's back to her normal self, and they're able to show up in uh, where is NCAA's next year. In Florida, Tallahassee. 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 Yeah, the show yeah. in Tallahassee, yeah, yeah. ready to roll. All right, let's do the women's individual race, and then we can jump over to the men. Again, I'm just interested, Orton, is she going to be able to to win this, not having run a race in, in several months? Uh, Donahue, Dudek, Mercy Chalangat seem like the biggest contenders. What do you – what do you see as the key factor here for the women's race? Well, first of all, Chilanga definitely signaled that she's going all in on cross because she scratched. She was originally in the entries for indoor, but then they pulled out. They pulled her mm -hmm. out, I guess, last minute during the late scratch phase. So now she's going to be mm -hmm. fresh for this championship. For people who've been following the podcast, I'm a huge Mercy Chilanga fan. So if she were to win this, <laughs> it would be a great moment for me. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I think it's going to be coming down between Chilanga, Donahue, and Orton. Donahue, I think, is probably the safest bet because she's shown consistency on the course. She's been running well. Um, Orton, I feel like, is the of course it's Orton because we just forget how good she is because she hasn't run mm -hmm. lately. And then Chilanga, I think, is the wild card with she's kind of under the radar because she's not running in the big Pac-12 type meets or the Nevada meets. So she kind of can right, stay right. under the radar. Uh, but I think it's going to be one of those three. I'll be surprised if someone else showed up. I mean, mm -hmm. I mean, can you see anyone else down that list on our rankings that you think could crack into a, a surprise win? I mean, Bethany Haas is a good sleeper pick, although she just ran in, in um, Fayetteville. Excuse me. There's According to David Monty, there's 39 women, at least with the opportunity to double back from the – indoor championships to, to to cross country but no we just don't know the form of orton but i mean donahue at dudek have run well enough that you think that they're just going to continue that put that together for one more one more week but the difficulty of the course is a variable in the same way that the weather was a big variable in 2019 in in Terre Haute. let's jump over to the men's race and again if you're just joining us Oh, Dominic says, what about Herberg? Yeah, I mean, I think you got to give Herberg a shot just based on how tough she ran 
at at the Pac-12 championship. She's coming on for sure at the right time. Uh, if you're just joining us, subscribe, please, to the Flow Track podcast. The YouTube page. Let's go to the men. Uh, do you want to do team or individual first? Uh, we'll do team. Should I update the graphics so we can have the teams list on there? That's fine. Everybody knows. It's NAU. It's BYU. Okay. Yeah, top sure. two teams. Then you have Stanford, Arkansas, Wisconsin, Washington, and Notre Dame. But unless something crazy happens, it's going to be between NAU and BYU. I think that's safe to say. Yeah. And when you look at the matchup, we kind of look at they both have a good big three. It's going to come down to mm-hmm. their four versus four, five versus five. Right now, you would argue that NAU has the advantage. Blaze Farrow's running better than Collision Shumway. Any one of Bosley, Raff, or um, Hasty is probably running better than Elijah Armstrong. But here's the mm-hmm. thing. NAU, while I'm paid, like, there are a couple question marks on some of the NAU's big four, right? Question mark with Luis Grijalva. Mm. He he did it. He has. You didn't do question made. marks all year. All year you had no question marks, and now what are we? An hour away from the race. Now you're talking question marks. <laughs> yeah, I here? mean there is. He he did he didn't look like his normal self when he came back in that second Nevada meet. Uh, mm. So while his best performance he's had, his most re- his best performance happened in December in a track meet. So we haven't seen him run. Yes, in, like. You could argue Mance is better than Grohalva right now. So that's one point for BYU. Nico Young, while he ran well um, in the his two uh, his two Nevada meets cross country. If you guys watched the workout, yeah. if you guys work, if you guys watched the workout Wednesday, at the end of the workout Wednesday, oh Coach Smith says that oh, I mean Nico Young wasn't in the workout, and he said he was dealing with a little banged up with a little ankle thing. I mean, it could be nothing. It could be. I can't yeah, believe you're be. doing you never this. know. This, what? this what? is amazing it's... to me. For months and months, all you've done is said that this championship is over. And then we get within an hour of the men's race starting, and now you're throwing doubts hey, in there. There's questions to, for everybody. And you're right. To, none of the trying to move the none money of the regular money. season stuff makes sense. Yeah, trying to move. Once they get on the line. None of the PRs matter. It's cliche to say, yeah. but it's also true. You you can't make a halftime adjustment. You can't call timeout. So if things go south, they go south. But NAU has more margin for error than they did in 2019. Um, the course, though, is going to be unlike anything they've uh, seen before. I mean, they've raced on it, but they didn't, they didn't race the full 10K. Travis just sent me this note from the USTFCCA that it's 58 right now in Stillwater, and they say it's set to be the warmest – cross-country meet since 2010 when it was 63 in, in Terre Haute. So the heat potentially could be a factor as well, too. Yeah, there's obviously some questions, but BYU has just as many questions as well, too, because you feel good about Mance, you feel good about Klinger, you feel good about Garnica, who all broke 1330 running indoors. But then four or five, obviously they have a lot of questions. Elijah Armstrong did close that gap at West Coast, but that's just the four. Then they got to solve the number five problem as well as well too but i think most people are going to feel good about mance in this setting just because of the way he runs yeah and i think people are really fascinated about how the presence of a wesley kip two could affect the team race obviously it will affect the individual race but we talked about this a little bit on the previous podcast now that 
Ed Eyestone and Mike Smith have seen Kip to do it for real. You know, you, you kind of can overlook some cross country results. You're like, ah, eh, whatever. You, we weren't there. We have no idea what happened. But they saw it with their own yeah. eyes on a television screen. Him run 1323 when he only needed yeah, to run yeah. 1340. Um, and they both have an athlete who they want to win individually, but they also have that athlete that they want to be a low stick and not bomb and screw up their team chances. So yeah. I'm really kind of I, I have been texting re- both coach both coaches to see kind of what they do. And no, obviously they're not gonna tell me exactly what their game plan is, but they know that Kip two is a unique is a unique situation and that they have to yeah. like make sure they make the right decision and they don't want to screw it up. Hey, Gordon, if there's not too much trouble, people are asking for the men's graphic and I, I want to please the people who are listening. Is it easy to, to throw up that men's graphic oh, yeah. real quick? We got that. So you, while, while you so do that, want, yeah, yeah, we want the men's individual and the men's, the men's team here. Also people in the chat uh, talking about Alex Masai. Listen, I was, I was, uh, leading the Alex Masai bandwagon a couple of years back. So I think he's on, we did a fantasy draft. I think Lincoln, Lincoln picked him. So he's definitely going to get uh, a shout out from Lincoln at, at some point. How does that look? Yeah, we got it. There you go. So you see the rankings. Let's talk about that next group. Stanford, Arkansas, Wisconsin, all have different issues. Stanford's relying on a lot of freshmen. Arkansas coming back after indoors. And Wisconsin, they had their conference championship what feels like six months ago but it was just in january i know you're 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 a buyer on the badgers what about that next tier for the the men's team race yeah arkansas is going to be we don't know what's going to happen i mean they went for it in indoor uh you saw amoyne kemboy just kind of be like what have i done when he went with kip to through that first mile in that in that 5k kemboy's though still good i have him ranked 20th Arkansas has a yeah. talent, man. If this was a fresh, if this was a fresh cross country season, Arkansas yeah. would be equal in my mind to NAU and BYU in this race. It would be a, a legitimate three team race, but because of indoor, yeah. Arkansas is kind of like the best they could probably do is fourth. Well, Stanford, they're young. Uh, so we want to say about Arkansas. Well, on Arkansas, people are talking about how Kip two is going to be tired. Amon Kemboy ran the three K and the five K. Gilbert Boyd ran the three K and the five K. And they had four guys who are probably going to run back today running the 5K. So yeah. just I want to point that out. And and their coach, Chris Bucknam, in the in the press conference said, hey, we're going to worry about Fayetteville first, and then we're going to go to Stillwater. So I don't know. Maybe everybody turned into Cole Hawker this weekend, and they're able to do crazy things on their second, or in this case, their third race. But it's going to be hard running a 10K after all that. But go ahead with, with, uh, with Stanford. Yeah, and Stanford, they kind of are coming on strong late. They had a really good Pac-12 championship. They're led by some some two freshmen, a redshirt freshman and a true freshman, and, and Charles Hicks and Cole Sprout. Mm-hmm. Uh, their weakness, I think, is going to be their just lack of veteran presence. And, you know, are they going to be prepared for the hills that Stillwater is going to give them? If you look at this list um, mm-hmm. of the our top – eight of our top eight teams, the only two that ran on the course are NAU and BYU. Mm-hmm. Stanford hasn't run there. Arkansas, Wisconsin, Washington, Notre Dame, Air Force. None of them have been on that course. Colorado and Tulsa have. So you could argue maybe that helps Colorado and Tulsa to maybe move up a bit when all is said and done. But I really think the lack of experience on this course may do some of these teams in. Um, and then Wisconsin, I think they're 
the ultimate sleeper team. I, they're probably a sleeper team to the coaches poll and to other people. But to me, I've been like, no, this team is good from day one. So if, when they finish yeah. top five, I won't be surprised, but maybe everyone else will be. I asked, I've been polling some coaches um, late last night. You'd be surprised how late some coaches stay up the night before a cross country championship. Uh, but yeah, I was like asking them, who, who what, what's your, who, what are your top five teams, whatever. And yeah, none of them really had Wisconsin. And I was like, Wisconsin's yeah. good. And they're like, yeah, they're, they, they say they're young. And I was like, yeah, they're young, but I don't know. Coach, Nick said, Gordon, let me saying. go to sleep, please. Said, yeah, Gordon, can you please not text me? Hey, they me text me. I didn't just text them. They text I, me. I, 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 I know I answered your text, but. It's when they give you that thumbs up thing, that means they want the conversation to end. I think that's I guess that's what ZZZ means too. I should have. Yeah, that's you're just now putting that together. That's good. Individually, someone someone asked if uh, Cooper Tears running. No, he's not. That would have been spectacular. Were he to run? Let's see here. Uh, Holt has some predictions. He says Kip Two will go out in 420 and bomb on the hills, and he's predicting Mance, Kip Two, Grijalva. One, two, three. I mean, if you're going to bomb on the hills and still finish second, that's, that's pretty good. That's giving him a lot of credit there. Um, Wesley Kiptu, seven and one in cross country and track at Iowa State, 13.23 in that 5K, went out just under 4.07 for the mile. You keep pressing him on how he's going to race. So I'm interested to see what actually happens because it's hard to forecast this race without knowing what Kiptu did. I mean, he definitely got that 5K going and it led to a lot of PBs in in Fayetteville but he is the he's the straw that stirs the drink in this race so hear me out so I'm trying to figure out what Kip 2 gonna do spent the past ever since you ran a 1323 I've been trying to solve the Kip 2 problem I tried to solve it by texting the coach <laughs> they did not tell me what he was gonna do unfortunately so I don't know oh they interesting responded with a <laughs> smiley face uh but Kip 2 has run a 10k we actually have data of yeah. Kip2 running a 10K. He ran at the track meet. And he's running this course. He's running this course, correct? And he's running this course. At the yeah. track meet, he ran 27. I should have saw the exact time he ran. He ran fast. But this was his splits. 425, 425. These are 1,600 meter splits. 425, 425, 424, 423, 429, and then a 63-second close. So mm -hmm. after four miles, he kind of lost it a bit, and he kind of like – Relax and wasn't yeah. able to maintain, you know, he didn't run a 422 at the end. He still ran that 429. So my thoughts yeah. is that at 8K, four miles in, that's going to be the moment. when That's going to be the moment when Kiptu's at his weakest. Now, sure, 429 is still pretty impressive. It's not like he ran a 450. Uh, but I think mm -hmm. if I'm Mance or Grohalva, I sag off this guy, let him think he has it won, and then at 8K, reel him in and go broke. Because I think the more you sag off of him, the slower he's going to make the pace. Mm -hmm. I think he only goes fast when there's people on him. He does not go fast when he's by himself. And I think at 8K is when he's going to be his weakest, and that'll be the moment you go for the win. So if I'm Mance or Grijalva or, dare I say it, Nico Young for you, Kevin. If I'm any of those there people. There it is. Or, or, Nico or Believers. If you're Going in the chat, the Nico or... Believers, now's the time. <laughs> Tell Gordon uh, why he's wrong. Nico, I think all you caps. sag off of him. I think you sag off of him, and then AK, go for it. But I will say this. I want to get this yeah. out. I predict that this race 
will be exactly mm-hmm. like the 2017 NCAA championships. No, not 2017, excuse me, the 2015 NCAA championships, the year Syracuse won. I think what Pat Tiernan did is going to be exactly mm-hmm. what Wesley Kiptu will do. I don't think there's a Cesarek really in the field to beat a Pat Tiernan, so I think Kiptu can still just go on to win. But I think Colorado is going to be like the BYU, mm-hmm. and Syracuse will be like the current NAU. I think, you mm-hmm. know, you have Grijalva and Justin Knight. You have Pierce Murphy and Connor Mance. And then on the way down, you have Marn Herher and Blaze Fairhoe, like the, the fifth-year senior. It kind of they match up pretty evenly. They're both going to score under 100 points, but I think NAU will come out victorious. So, a lot of people were making that Martin Hare Blaze Farrow comparison. I heard that a lot. There's just <laughs> in four or five years, Blaze Farrow is going to drop a just absolute fire marathon. It's going to be it's going to be amazing, man. If the chat is any indication, the Nico people are here. They 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 believe we got a is that a, we have subscribe. a Herrera believer there yeah make sure they subscribe so don't yeah subscribe because this is all this is all Nico talk all to, all the time just kidding Herrera's so Herrera's interesting Herrera's solid and in a in a year if if Kiptu doesn't go hard to the front right it's gonna be it's gonna open things up in the same way we saw Peter Sufer move to the front but I just think because of how fast he runs early on, it's going to dissuade a lot of people. So we're about 15 minutes now from the women's race. And I think we're ready to bring on our first special guest. Gordon, this is very exciting for our first ever NCAA watch party. We have uh, Courtney Frerichs, silver medalist and American record holder in the steeple. In the 2015 national championships for New Mexico, she was fourth. Uh, Courtney, how are you doing? Thanks for coming on. Good. Thanks for having me. Awesome. This is great. This is great. Uh, are you wearing, is that New Mexico attire that you have on? Yes. Have to support, you know, have to support the Lobos. <laughs> what were, uh, I'm sure now that New Mexico is in the mix, although they've always been in the mix in re- recent years, what sort of memories do you still have from that that 2015 team? Oh my gosh. I mean, that was the highlight of my college career. <laughs> um, just like, I, I mean, everything about that year. I mean, transferring is always stressful and everything, but I took a big leap of faith and trusted, you know, Coach Butler in, in joining that group. And um, I just got pushed to a whole new level and we had so much fun doing it. I think that was the best part was we just enjoyed every step of it. And um, even that race was just, was crazy, but kind of showed you the bond we had and the trust we had in each other. I mean, I remember at 2K, I'm pretty sure Joe said we were losing by 100 points or something because some of us had gotten stuck in the back. And um, <laughs> but we, we found the turquoise and we moved up together. And um, it was just it was a major team effort, like the people that were racing on the course and off the course. And so um, just such an incredible memory. And, um, you know, I, I still talk about that day all the time. That, that's just how meaningful NCAA Cross is, I think. <laughs> What, what are, I mean, we're, what, 23 minutes out from, or no, 13 minutes away from the start of the women's race. What were, what was your, what would the women be doing right now? Like, what are they thinking about? What are they focused on 13 minutes before the gun? What did you guys focus on back in 2015? Um, Mostly just staying calm. I think, you know, we did a really good job of not talking about the fact that we were the favorites or that, you know, we wanted to win nationals and stuff like that, but the pressure was there and um you know there's just 
there's something different about NCAA cross. I mean, it's nerve wracking and it always goes out hard. And, um, you know, I actually, <laughs> I was about this far out from the race. I was in the corner of the tent throwing up, um, I think from nerves oh, wow. and yeah. Um, I don't know what happened that day. And, um, you know, the, the team did a really good job. Like those that weren't racing and the coaches of like, kind of like keeping those racing, like away from seeing it. Cause we didn't want to start, you know, kind of this whole nervousness throughout the whole team. And then one of my other teammates came up and she looked at me and, and she, know, she knew me really well. And she's like, Hey, you're fine. You're going to be good. Like, you know, you're ready for this and like snapped me out of it and I was ready to go. And, um, and then we were quickly walking to the line. And once we were kind of like out there and walking to the line and together, like, um, you know, I think we felt ready and we felt excited about what we wanted to do that day. But yeah, the tent, the tent sometimes can feel a little nerve wracking because you're just kind of like waiting to get out there and get started. <laughs> it's interesting to say that, that, you know, a lot of times on the sideline, when we watch you guys run your phenomenal races and performances, we, we forget that there's a human element where even you guys get nervous, right? It's, it's, I mean, I, get, I got nervous when I was running in division three, it makes sense that even the best get nervous when they're running at the top. So. Absolutely. And I think was, we just, as much as we didn't talk about it, we knew what we wanted to do that day. So it was still, still nerve wracking to have a little bit of a target on your back. <laughs> What's it been like since graduating from New Mexico, following the team as, you know, a post-collegiate, obviously you're focused on your, your phenomenal pro career, but what's the connection you still have with New Mexico while running professionally? I really tried to keep a strong connection with them. Um, you know, I think the time I spent there was just so important in my development as an athlete. And so, um, you know, I'm always wanting to try to, to, to get to know the new girls coming in and, and stay connected with the team. And, um, you know, up until, this year, basically, there were members on the team that had been there when I was there. So that was always fun coming back um, and reconnecting with those that were freshmen or, um, you know, and a good friend of mine is still on the team, Charlotte Prowse, although she doesn't have cross-country eligibility. And, um, you know, I'm just, I'm so thankful for my time there. So if I can be of influence at all, like I, I want to be there for them. And, um, but it's so fun keeping up, you know, I, I this year has been probably the team that I know the least just because of COVID. I haven't been able to get back and, you know, either talk with them or there's just been some changes because of, you know, most of them, you know, not racing for basically an entire year now. Um, and so I was super excited to, to see the results from that Vegas meet, but also, um, you know, not surprised to see them step up. I think there's such a strong culture surrounding cross country and this expectation of, you know, what we want to do in cross country um, at the University of New Mexico. Want to mention to anybody watching live that they can throw in uh, questions in the chat for, for Courtney. And everybody's talking about the difficulty of this course and how it's the hardest course that they've ever seen in NCAA cross. Keyword there being NCAA cross, because you ran on a very hard course <laughs> at World Cross Country Championships in Ar Aarhus, one that was planned by someone with clearly sadistic uh, intentions. <laughs> What's your, what, what, what should the mindset be when you approach a course that is so different than something that you've run in the past? I think one of the big things is like, you know, 
not wasting extra energy, especially early on. You know, if if it, the pace is is timid early on because people are kind of fearful of those hills, you know, don't waste that extra energy focused on that. You know, focus on kind of tucking in and, you know, you know, biding your time basically. Um, and, you know, always remember, I guess everyone's going through it too. Um, but yeah, I mean, <laughs> that course in Aarhus was, was something else. I, <laughs> I don't even know how to begin to, to describe how I was feeling there. I think I struggled a little bit early on because it, it felt so hard early. And I, I think that's one of the big things is if it does feel hard early, not kind of getting into that negative place. Um, cause I think that once you go there, it, it can go downhill pretty fast. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think being able to, to tuck in and, and relax as best as possible, um, on a course like that, I think is going to be the key, but I haven't run, run the new, the new version of it, but I did run the old Oklahoma state course, my freshman year hmm. of college. And if it's anything like that, yeah, it's going to be really hard. So. Is there anything that Joe would do while you were training there at New Mexico or even your previous college coaches um, to kind of prepare you for a unique course? I mean, it's not track meet, right? So was there anything that you would do in a workout or training wise to kind of get you guys mentally prepared or physically prepared for just hills in general, right? Um, was there anything guys you did unique for cross country training compared to a regular track season training? Um, I mean, I think one of the biggest advantages of training somewhere like New Mexico for something like cross country, especially a hilly course is being at altitude. Um, cause you're just going to have to, you know, get pretty good at, at running hard in conditions that are already set a little bit harder. Um, and then we additionally would do a lot of our long runs up in the foothills. So we're going up in elevation to 6,000 feet and you're going net up for basically the entire first half of the run. Um, and those were very, very challenging. I mean, I remember thinking like before I averaged 659 pace one time and I was like, I am so fit right now. And there's nothing impressive about like sounding about that time. Like it, you know, and um, it was just really challenging, but it got you really strong, really good at hills. And so I think runs like that are, are something unique that UNM does that makes us really strong on the cross country course. And um, I'm excited to see how they're going to do. I think that that strength element is really going to um, be key for them and, and um, really help them to perform really well today. Um, Cause I think it's going to take, take that strength to, to come out on top on this course. Yeah. Well, we have the Lobos ranked second nationally. So they're in the conversation based on what we've been watching. Have you been, following what they've been doing at like Mountain West and some of their other meets a little bit? Yeah, I got on and I watched the Mountain West um, meet last weekend and was just super excited with, with how well they ran. And I think what I've been most impressed with is that pack, you know, their, their pack time is, is pretty small. And, you know, that's, that's a big reason why like our 2015 team was so successful was because we were able to spend a lot of the race running together. And there's just a comfort that comes with that when you're running with your teammates. Like even if you know you're having an off day or you're not feeling that great, you look up and you see two of your teammates, and you're like, "Okay, I do this in practice all the time. Like I can be here too." And so um, seeing that small pack time, um, super like super proud of that and happy with that. And I, I think that that's um, 
going to be, I don't know, I think that's going to be a really important um, piece for them to be successful today is, is them finding that pack, you know, finding the turquoise, finding your friends and, and running together is what Joe always says. We got a, a question in here. Actually, one person, I think you brought up bad memories from the old Oklahoma State course. So uh, that, that was Bark, though. I think they've gotten rid of that. Maybe they're feeling yeah, some, some soreness in their legs. <laughs> so yeah, there was uh, a, a question we have is, yes, the wood chips, the wood chips, so hard to get your solid footing. <laughs> What's your approach on hills? One commenter asked, use them to make moves uh, or go up them relaxed and then surge on the downhill. Um. So my college coach always had me wait till kind of like cresting of the hill to kind of make the move. Mm -hmm. Um. I remember one particular race in college, I, it was down to myself and another, another girl. And she tried to make a really big move on the hill. And, um, by the time we got to the top, I think she'd kind of gassed herself a little bit. And then I was able to then make the surge at the top and I broke her. And so, um, I think that for like me, that's a little, I, I like that strategy a little better. Um, yeah, kind of wait till the very top and then try to make your move and take advantage of the downhill. But Gordon, uh, we got some people asking, what are they going to see on that bottom, bottom right box there with the clock over the grass? So that's just going to be a, a running clock. So you guys know where we are when we're watching the race. So we know if three minutes in, four minutes in, whatever. And the backdrop is actually a POV of where they'll be on the course. So it's actually, okay. so we'll know if they're inside the woods or out in the skirts going up the hill. So you'd be able to kind of tell where they are on the course as well as the time. So that's the purpose of that. So that mm -hmm. clock will start in about two minutes when this women's race takes off. Mm -hmm. And then Courtney, just to confirm, you can see that bottom left picture as well too? Yes. Yep. I know, I know our, our, our folks at home can't see that, but I wanna make sure you can mm -hmm. see that. So they're getting ready uh, to go here. One more question I wanna squeeze in before we get into the nitty gritty of the race itself. BYU, the BYU women ran really well at NCAA indoors. Now they're running essentially a different squad, but I think you're in a good position to uh, answer this because you're on a big team right now. And oftentimes your teammates, you know, drop monster performances and maybe you're not at the same meet, maybe you're not on the exact same schedule. What does that do, if anything, for your confidence when you see, you know, people you've been training with or people that you're familiar with do something big, even if you're not going to go out in the very next race? Maybe you're going to have to wait a day or two or a week or two to run. Oh, I, I think that that is key in, in, you know, feeling ready. And I think that that gets you so motivated to see your other teammates performing well. You're like, okay, they're training really well. It paid off. They showed up. Like, I'm ready to do that, too. Um, you know, I had that happen in, in London, 2017, you know, I watched, I hadn't trained with Amy in probably two months and I watched her win the medal in the marathon in London. And mm -hmm. I just said to myself, I want to have that moment too. Like, you know, watching her do that just really got me going and ready to do that. So I imagine they're riding a high after watching how well their other teammates performed, um, at the indoor meet, um, this weekend. Yeah, interesting dynamic there too um, with BYU because two of the women who were on the DR, DMR team last year where the meet got canceled, that was their last year of indoor eligibility, but they still have XC eligibility and then their team goes and wins the DMR yeah. with, with two different people there. So, you know, a chance to to, to get your own national, national title there um, as well. 
So looks like we're getting ready to get started. Obviously, Courtney, throughout this, just add as much insight or your thoughts as we as we go. I know uh, Gordon will be updating. Uh, we'll actually reset it for us, Gordon, the splits. How often are you going to be updating those? So after every 1K, we'll have the updated splits of the top 20. So the top 20 women and the top 10 teams splits. So gun is off five, six seconds in. We're ready to go. But yeah, after every 1K, we'll be able to know where the team standing is and individual battle on your left side of the screen. And it does look windy. That it was my really windy one takeaway. Hard course plus wind. The winds were blowing around. <laughs> yeah, I think you're going to see a, a, a decent pack, if I had to take a guess, between... Maybe a little fear of the the hills plus the wind. Everyone's going to want to tuck in. <laughs> when you were running, you were obviously finished fourth overall. Was the thought like, hey, I need to finish fourth overall? Were you like, I need to be in the top five position the entire time? Like how, if you want to be a, a low stick for your team, what is the best strategy? Is it go right to the front? Is it hide in the top 20 range? Like how did you per go after trying to be a, a low stick? I mean, I think the goal was still for, I think, to, to, to see how well each one of us could place. Um, I was one of the ones that did not run that Louisville course very well and got stuck mm -hmm. in like the middle of the pack where, where the course narrowed. So um, I didn't make my way up to the front until probably about halfway through the race. Um, <laughs> so... <laughs> That was a little bit not to plan, I would say, just probably a little bit poor execution, but I actually feel like I served a really good role that day in terms of that also happened to two of my teammates. And we looked over and saw each other and we were able to work together to get to the front. And then we all made our way and made ended up in the top 15, despite our like first, you know, 1K, 2K being probably in the 60s or 70s. Um, <laughs> so... I do think the better strategy is what we are seeing a lot of the potential low sticks doing right now and going, you know, kind of being in that front pack, but maybe tucked in like 10, 15. When you're running in a cross country race, do you think about time at all? Like, when are you like, when you hear a split at the 1K or 2K or a mile, does that mentally affect your, where what, what you're thinking about what you're doing? Like, oh, I'm going too slow or I'm going too fast? Um, in a race like this, I really try not, to, I wouldn't try to think about time. You know, I think that that's the beauty of cross country and why it's kind of fun to see it on, on a, on a pretty tough course this time around is, um, you know, it's about racing on that day, you know, and time is pretty irrelevant, I would say, because conditions are going to be different all the time. And, um, but yeah, I, I always in general try to, you know, not think about the time. <laughs> So it looks like, well, Haley Herberg leading the way, and it looks like Caitlin Tui was up there. I saw Advoco. I saw that turquoise that you were looking yeah, I for. I saw the turquoise. Gordon. I know. I saw that. Like, okay. <laughs> but Just I guess one, not surprised to see Haley Herberg at the front after watching. I saw some highlights from that Pac-12 meet um, where she really took it from the gun. Mm-hmm. So if you look at the screen, we updated the splits at 1K. NAU women out strong, 59 wow. points through the first 1K split. Now that is obviously super early. The entire top 20 
separated by like a half a second. But Haley Herberg leading the charge, the two Alabama duo, second and third. So good start there for NAU and the Alabama duo. My husband did say yeah. to watch out for the NAU women. He said he's like, you might have a little Big Sky bias, but he said he was really impressed with how they looked at um, the Big Sky meet. So, Yeah, and I wonder, um, Courtney, if you were one of the individual favorites, given the warm weather, given the wind, given the tough course, how would you decide when to make any sort of move out of the pack? I think you would have to know your strengths as an athlete. Um, if you're really confident in your kick, maybe you sit back a little bit further. If you feel like you can run the legs off of everyone else, you're probably going to go a little bit earlier, you know, kind of like, you know, I think that's happened in a, in a lot of recent um, NCAA cross meets. You know, you've seen Wayne go and just pretty early on just kind of start hammering. Mm -hmm. So, um yeah, I think, oh, look, there's oh. Joe. <laughs> a Joe Franklin cameo right on cue there. What do you think he was, <laughs> was saying? Perfect. Probably to work together. Um, and then I'm sure something to do with this hill that's coming up, if I had to guess. <laughs> yeah. You could just tell how steep that one. A lot of times you don't really, if you're watching on a broadcast, you're not there on purpose. You can't really tell how big one of those little gentle rises is, the ones that hurt your legs, but you can't tell on TV. That one was like, okay, that's a hill. That is a hill. Yeah. They did a good job. Like, I mean, that was oof. seeing it from them running up it and then just looking up the hill. It was, <laughs> that was a steep one. So we're about 1.7K into the race, um, coming up on 2K split. When do you think we can start looking at K splits when we know, like, this is kind of the teams in it? Like, when, in from your experience, when does the race settle in, all right, these are the teams in contention to win? Um, I say once you're into that second half. Um, I think there's so many different strategies that the first half, you know, you have people that are going out really hard. And then I guess I just know from my experience as an athlete at UNM and just having kept up with the team, you know, over the last now six years, um, we definitely had a tendency to just continue to move up throughout the race because the second half of the race was mm -hmm. always going to be our strongest point. Um, I think you'll see that with a lot of the altitude schools. So it's not surprising to see, you know, BYU maybe in fourth right now. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if we see them move up because the altitude really comes into play, I think, in the second half of a cross-country race, that strength. Mm -hmm. So at that 1K split, I know we're almost to, we're almost at 2K now. Oh, but the, the 1K split, yeah, NAU's fifth was in 22nd. So a good start for NAU, to say the least. Yeah. But yeah, but now the 2K splits are on the screen. And NC State, the team we kind of been counting out because of they haven't been running well, is uh, right now first with 106 points. Their fifth is in 48th place. Wow. But like, you look at it. We always been saying uh, it's going to take about 150 points to win. So right now, I would say those top four teams are all in that range of these are going to be enough to win. Um, we'll see how it spreads out once we get to 3K. But right now, I think NC State, NAU, BYU, and New Mexico there, pretty much all virtually tied based on, you know, it's just a giant pack, right? It could be plus exactly. minus 10 
10 bodies at any given split. The thing that would worry me is Stanford is, it looks like their fifth is 82, if I'm looking at that right. So a little bit of a gap there for, for Stanford as one of those contenders. So we'll see if it turns into a five-team race or a, a four-team race. But yeah, this is this is a pretty pretty close, as anticipated, right? We thought this all <laughs> year, not, not just because we didn't know who was in what shape because of the pandemic, but just because of, of how evenly matched the teams are. It looks like Orton now is is at the front. front and yeah. And then you got two NC state runners on the right there with, uh, with Tui to the far right. looks like Herberg's dropping back there on the left. Yeah. Like yeah it looks like there's like a pack. An individual. And then obviously a low stick yeah. for Stanford. Yeah. And you kind of look, there's like a pack of like 20 ish women that have separated themselves from the second tier. Um, and you know, look, Caitlin Tui's in there. Uh, the BYU women are there. If Tui has a good race, I mean, Tui right now in seventh through two K, she's going for it. She hasn't. <laughs> if if Tui comes out, and, I mean, we'll be like, of course, it's Caitlin Tui. She should be able to do this. Yeah. But uh, based on what she's done on the indoor scene, we haven't really seen like a superstar type performance yet. But if she finishes top ten here, that would be amazing. Yeah. She's definitely amazing on the cross country course. So I think you can probably expect anything from her. <laughs> what do you glean, Corden? It's so hard to tell because we're so used to like looking at splits and using that to anchor like the effort level. But can you glean anything from just the style in which they're running or maybe how many people are in that remaining group about how hard they're going? How many, how many gears left they have to shift up to? Because I'm looking at Whitney Orton right now, and she looks mm -hmm. really, really comfortable. But I also noticed that there's been yeah. a big separation between that first group of, I don't know, say 15 or 20 and everybody else. Yeah. Um, I think it's, it's a fairly honest pace, but I don't think that you're having anybody that's like really kind of um, you know, dropped it quite yet. Um, the mm -hmm. fact that, you know, we're almost at 3K and you have that many still in it, you know, 6K is not that long. So I think right about now is when you're going to start to see the moves being really made. Um, Orton does not look like somebody who has not raced in five months. No. She looked, <laughs> they were keeping she her fresh, really I guess. Yeah. What do you think about that in terms of not, I mean, would that hurt your confidence going into a race, not having towed the start line in for the entire year? Yeah. I mean, I definitely think it, it would be, it would be tough. I mean, I remember in the year prior to um, going to New Mexico, I was having a really difficult time getting into some of the like, um, like top races at these meets. And so I actually mm -hmm. ended up running, winning like five straight meets and like didn't really race anybody. And by the time I got to NCAA cross, like not having been around people and like kind of not running on my own sort of pace, like was really hard. Mm -hmm. So, um, but I mean, she's used to working out with a really talented group of women. So I'm sure she's been pushed in practice. So um, that kind of, feeling is probably really familiar of um yeah just being pushed really hard and and maybe having to go to the front when the workout gets hard to push your team 
So looking 3K, at these Gordon, splits at three, us. yeah, look at three K, um, NC State one, BYU two, NAU three. A couple things I'm noticing here: NC State, there's a big like their fifth is in sixty third. I if NC State is able to keep three in a top eleven, that would be amazing. I like where BYU's at; they're more stronger in that fourteen to thirty range. And then NAU, they're good, but they don't have their sixth is way out. So they're going to need their fifth to kind of hold on to stay in that podium contention. And then New Mexico, like we said, look at that spread. I mean, 22 to 60, yeah. it's like they're all 22, 24, 33, 40. It's like that's what we thought New Mexico would bring. Yep. We just got to get that pack a little bit. Obviously, the bias there. We can get that pack up a little <laughs> bit more. <laughs> so but New Mexico spread. Behind. Yeah. Yeah, so Travis just sent me these spreads. New Mexico's spread is 6.7 seconds. BYU's is 8.2. NC State, 10.5. Stanford, 11.6. And Gordon, wow. to point, NAU's is 15 seconds. So, yes, New Mexico's spread is only seven seconds. Just got to move move that mass collectively collectively forward. Orton look, is running this race like someone who's very familiar with the course. And it, mm -hmm. so it makes sense that she ran this in the, in, in the fall. Looks just completely composed. Yeah, I think that... Those that were able to get on on this course this fall, um, that'll probably really pay off. Just you know, knowing what to expect, knowing where the hills are, um, you know, knowing where to stay relaxed, and you know, when to make the moves. I think that's that's really key, especially on a course like this. So we'll wait for uh, we got the individual splits for four K on the screen now. Um, just waiting for the the top ten teams to come in to score them all, um, but it's NC State still looking good. They're fifth now, coming up strong. NC State's going to be in the lead here at four K. They are seven points up on BYU. Remember, BYU was six points out of the national title in 2019, and now there's seven points behind and then yeah there's a big gap now these are these are updated gordon or they're getting close to being updated here uh, the the, the teams the team isn't uh the individuals okay. are but team are going to be updated in 10 9 8 7 6 5 4 3 2 1 teams now updated <laughs> oh my goodness yeah this is going to be this looks like it's shaping up to be nc state versus versus byu Wow. And then a big and then a good fight for the podium there between New Mexico and, and NAU and Stanford. So who is in that? Let me look let me get this NC State roster here. So that's Steelman coming back from the indoor meet in eighth at four K, Kelsey Camille in tenth, Tui in fifteenth, and then Dominique Clermonti, we mentioned her, won the ACC title back in the fall as their fourth and then their fifth comes in in 48th julia sachago there so they are they are holding steady here now it's interesting right steelman has a race in her legs from a couple days ago mm -hmm. in 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 fayetteville is that going to play any factor over these final two kilometers we'll see yeah when you really look at that oh sorry Oh, no, I'm just really impressed with all those that are coming back from the 5K um, <laughs> to race again. If you look at the NC State-BYU matchup, they're pretty much all together, right? Their number one's one and mm -hmm. seven, two's nine, ten. 
threes, 11, 13, fours, 21, 37, and they're fifth, 40 and 38. So the fifth women on both BYU and NC State basically running side by side right now. BYU has a luxury, though. They go to sixth. They're sixth and 60th. NC State's sixth is an 106. So it's do or die for NC State here if their top five can all hold on. Yeah. yeah. And Travis just sent me this. Set. Travis, NC State's fifth move up 23 spots from 3K to 4K. Which oh, wow. Is why, why they're leading here. We should mention, too, that Amaris Taizma in second there from yeah. Alabama. A lot of people may not know her name, just a sophomore. She had a really good indoor season, too. So she's right there with Whitney Orton. You see an Oklahoma State girl on the top. She's in third right now. I'm sure she knows this this course very well. So, <laughs> Yeah, that's Taylor so Mexico, Rowe. Close in contention for a podium. I mean, Stanford, I NAU, New Mexico. That's going to come down to two of those three are going to get it because yep. there's separation to six. Yeah. <laughs> the last two plays where a lot's going to happen. So. so 5K splits are coming in. Um, I'll update the individuals first. Caitlin Tui currently is in 20th place. Very impressive wow. for her. Super impressive. And then we'll just have to wait for the, the team scores to come through. Yeah, that BYU looks like they're in a good well, BYU and NC State, right? Two team two team race here. And it's just a matter of whether or not they can hold on this last last kilometer here. I'm getting these Cordial 5K like this. Splits. New Mexico now in third at five K. Oh, there we go. Dang, Man. moving up. That, that pack is, well, yeah, New Mexico looks like their fifth is 83, but they go 19, 30, okay. 40, 45. Yeah, so they have that some room is, to grow, I guess. <laughs> yeah, and we just got to get that number five, like, still moving up. <laughs> you could see it as an opportunity, right? Not just a... Uh, exactly. Not just a bad a bad thing, but a chance for them to 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 do it uh, to to make up some some ground there. So those are updated, Gordon. Now, yeah, they should be updated. Uh, sorry for the logo malfunction there on the the final two teams, but uh, should be good soon. I came up with yes. a way to kind of get our own live stats. So there there may be a couple times if a a runner seventh woman isn't in it kind of messes up the, the stats but you get the idea but yeah those are the splits for 5k so byu up six and over nc state and then a big old golf where is whitney orton i don't know uh, it looks like oh well, i don't know because through 5k she was listed as First, um, it looks like maybe she's back in about sixth or seventh. Um, yeah, there's been a big Where's move. Put in. Yep. Now yeah. she's fresh, right? She didn't run indoor. Correct. She scratched uh, indoors just to go all in on cross. I'm a huge well, looks like Courtney may not notice, but I'm a huge, I'm a huge Mercy Chilangot <laughs> fan. So her winning would be a big deal for me. <laughs> I do. Wow. I'm not even. I'm trying to remember 
somebody mentioned to me that she was going to be fresh and to look out for her after I think she won the SEC meet. So. So Orton just went past. She looks like she's completely uh, fallen apart here. So this is Ooh, this is going to be NC tough States. for BYU. To, yeah, this could be NC State. So there's wow. Chalangot with the win. It's just, uh, but but you don't know how far back you know are any of the NC State women falling apart. Yeah, that's the key. That's the key, right? Because <laughs> that could be happening down the line too. That was a really impressive. Um double by Air Force's, uh, was it Mahala Norris? I read her article recently yeah. and she did really well in that 5K and I think she just got top five. <laughs> yeah. She so won the won first 17th. Oh, that's going to be tough to overcome here because NC State, Steelman goes five, Camille goes nine, Camp for BYU goes 11. Oh, Frentaway though runs really well for BYU, gets 16. So Orton's the number three. This is going to be this is going to be very close. Yeah, Mahalo Norris ran the B State. race. In, in Las Vegas, Mahalo Norris is in the B race. Wow. And yeah. she got fourth here. It's going to come yeah. down to NC State's fifth. That's what's going to come down to. Oh, man. We'll update our screen as soon as we know. But right now, only 18 or 19 athletes are reported in. So we're waiting for – they might have paused it. I don't know. We're waiting for those live results to update. But as soon as they're updated, we will let you know. Yeah. So Orton was Orton was was in first running across the five k mat, and then she lost sixteen spots in the in the final one k. So that was but a the question strange is, turn will, of NC State's fifth, thirty third at five k. Can does she hold on to that? I don't know. Waiting for results. Oh, TBD, man. yeah, the results are not loading. They're not <laughs> loading. Results are not loading. On the feed. Merchant Chilean got one. We know that. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Taylor people Rose in the chat again. want you to people in the chat want you to yell mercy, Gordon, one last time. Can you do that? Mercy. <laughs> okay, good. Gordon okay. Gordon called her being good like six months ago. So that's what the uh nice. <laughs> that's what the people want to know here. All I, right. I uh, said I was not a smart man for it. What these laughing at? <laughs> So we got, geez, is anybody else getting below 18th place on their live results? Nope. Yeah, that's all I'm getting. The results on the feed are gone too. Yeah, oh, no. no one knows. <sighs> Mystery. Imagine watching a basketball game and not knowing the score at the end. Be like, oh, who won? <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay, so that's, again, if people are tuning in, that's the 5K split where definitely a yeah. lot changed over the last – the last kilometer with BYU's number one going, going backwards there. If anybody's on the ground in Stillwater and could, you know, is keeping track, handing out the popsicle sticks as they cross the line, or <laughs> taping them up on the board like you used to do in high school, maybe we can figure it out. They're still finishing, so maybe we're gonna get this pretty soon. Jeez, I think, I think NC State's gonna win it. That's my take. Based so, on so Steelman. <laughs> Well, okay, so look at this, though. Steelman moved up two in the last K. Uh, Camille moved down one. And Frentaway and Orton collectively went down nine, went back 19. Camp moved up four. So if you're just basing it off of the 5K to, to 6K splits, NC State obviously threw those 
few runners has more than enough to make up that that six point gap. But I mean, just a brutal way to 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 close out that race. We've obviously seen that before um, in NCAA cross country championship races where a big favorite makes a move and then next thing you know they're 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 going backwards and then when it goes bad it can go bad pretty pretty quickly have you ever had that experience courtney where just like your body just says nope we're done we're done for the day um not in college <laughs> in high school yes <laughs> uh, many times going out way too hard and then you know not really making it to the line but I had a little bit more of a conservative approach when it came to racing, probably kind of moving up the entire time, um, mm -hmm. which might have paid off on a course like this. Um, sometimes yeah. making those big moves early can really tax you. Um, but yeah, that looked like part of me is like, oh my gosh, that looked like so much fun. But also, you know, NCAA cross is just a whole nother level of it's just it's so fun, but yet so painful at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> when you talked about at the beginning, the nervousness, right? Throwing up in the tent mm -hmm. before the race, just how yeah. tightly wound every, everybody is for that, that 20 minute stretch. Um, yeah. I know I told, I know I told you we'd let, we'd let you go after the race, but you are not allowed to leave <laughs> until we get official results. I think, I know, I want to know the results. <laughs> I think, I think we have the results. I think BYU has won. I think NC State's fifth. Okay, that could be wrong. I think I shouldn't have seen that. I think I saw a flash, but I think BYU won. That's what I think. Did, I saw a flash of results. It's gone. They were there for like <laughs> for like 10 <laughs> seconds, and it said BYU. They're gone. And so I think BYU won. I think NC State got second. I, To be honest, I don't remember who got third and fourth. I should have remembered that when I saw it. But I think BYU won. And I think BYU won handily. I think NC State's fifth fell apart. I could be wrong. But I think that's what happened. I think BYU won, which Wait, makes sense. Orton's falling apart. Not available. I know, Courtney. Use like your me. use your vast network, Courtney. Theory. Text somebody. <laughs> text somebody. Uh, uh, does Jerry know? Uh, <laughs> does Shelby know? <laughs> somebody. Somebody's got to know. <laughs> Nobody knows. I think. Um, I feel so nervous. <laughs> Okay, so okay, Daniel in the chat confirms Gordon. He says results were up briefly. NC State's fourth and fifth fell way back. But Stanford, Stanford three, Michigan State four, Minnesota five, New Mexico six. Oh, let's quickly copy and paste. Let's wow. get these let's get these up. So uh oh. Gordon in action. Okay, there I see it. So BYU, I'm seeing this, Gordon ninety-six, NC State one sixty-one. So, oh my goodness, how things changed over the last K. Can that be right? Yeah, I get, they're saying their Boom. fifth moved all the way back to 79th. Stanford 207, Michigan State 212, no NAU. Minnesota Did NAU fall out that far? This can't. 11th. Where's NAU? 11th. 11th, okay. 11th. I guess it makes yeah. sense. Dude, so, this, this last K was insane. The amount of teams yeah. that moved up yeah. and fell off. Michigan State out of nowhere. Yeah, I don't Where were... think that. I don't even know that I saw them in the, the top ten at one point. But I mean, that's what it comes down I mean, to: is that that last yeah. that last bit. 
So, yeah, looking at the scores, Michigan State, their fifth was 81. I mean, they just had to – I mean, this is kind of surprising. I did not see – I mean, New Mexico <laughs> and NAU story. were like – New Mexico and NAU were like tied at 3-4, and then they both fall out to outside of top five in that last K. It's very phenomenal, especially – NC State, they had their 4-5 in the top 40, and then they finished 51 and 79. So something happens in that final K that really yeah, hurts. That's causing crazy, craziness to happen. To hear what that last K is like, because um, there was just so much that happened in that point. Yeah, I'm trying to see who the big movers were over, like, individual-wise over that last kilometer, because there's got to be some people who gobbled up 20 places to see that mm-hmm. much team movement, right? And you guys brought up a good point. You're like, well, if Orton's going backwards, then maybe some other people are as well. Oh my goodness. Yeah. What a last K. The, all the men watching that are probably like, oh my goodness. Uh-oh. <laughs> I better <laughs> I better calm down for 9K. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Strong awesome. runs though for Michigan State and Minnesota. Yeah. Come up and finish in the top five. We had we they were never mentioned once in any team conversation the entire regular season. And for them to both finish yeah. four or five, very impressive. So, what's been so interesting just about the season in general is you didn't really see teams face each other um, like you normally would have. So it was really difficult to know where they would all line up because um, they probably only really know their own conference competition. Yeah, just incredible. Texan and Bill Gitarno, right. sh- sh- they won. Hopefully they – no, well, on the ground. She's on, she, 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 she's on TV right now. They're about to get, oh, okay. like they're about to get interviewed. So <laughs> BYU is aware that they won. Uh, so that's the third distance title this weekend. If you're keeping track for BYU DMR wow. and then Courtney Wayman in the, in the three K and then now, now this race, but man, what a, I, you could write a whole book on that last kilometer. I think. Yeah, I, just, I, I would have been there to like see exactly what happened because we always always was mercy because she'd break like broken away so much and um yeah clearly some big moves were made just insane um yeah i'm still trying to get these we have the okay here we go so we have some wow they don't have the how much they moved though they just have their final final places okay we'll have to sort that out all right, Courtney, we will uh, we'll let you go. Thank you so much for for spending some time with us. That was that was a lot of fun. And uh, best of luck this season as you prep for the the Olympic trials. Thank you guys for having me. Thank you so we much. Appreciate it. All right, Gordon. So now we're gonna get set. We're gonna get ready for the men's race here coming up in a little bit. I'm still a little bit shocked. Like you always have in your mind the 10 different ways the race could go so that way you're prepared for pretty much everything and this was and we knew the course was hard but again once we have time to dig into uh these results i think there's going to be some pretty stunning results um some moving forward and moving backwards that we see um just insane just insane here um 
again, just to remind people in the chat, we are not in charge of the live results in case there's any confusion. We, <laughs> Gordon is yeah. not in Stillwater checking people as they cross the finish line. Uh, we are just looking at the live results um, when you are are looking at them. So if you are Remember watching- the old school the way? The old school way where you'd get like, they would have like, you have like a piece of paper on your bib and there's a person with a ring and you have to put mm -hmm. it on it or you get yeah. a stick and you have to count the stick. Yeah. So it's like- Hey, yeah, like, I yeah, got yeah. Stick first, well, I won. <laughs> Good old high school day. We've progressed. We've progressed since then. We've progressed since then. But then there's moments like this where, and listen, how long do we have to wait? Four minutes. I mean, in the grand yeah. scheme of things, not all that, not all that long. But we're used to just knowing uh, the, the the second it happens. Uh, yeah. So we got we got Morgan McDonald now coming up in how many minutes? At twelve? Oh, in a few minutes, hopefully. Um, Twelve thirty-five. Trying to get him. So, thirteen. Twelve thirty-five. Okay. Twelve yeah. thirty-five. Yeah. We'll see. Uh... We're gonna try to get Coach Taylor to call in from her cell phone into the Don't show. Don't overpromise, Taylor. So Don't overpromise. I'm not gonna overpromise, but she's currently doing an interview with the TV production. But if she checks her phone and she clicks on the link <laughs> I sent her, she'll come into this show and give her instant take on that result. Man. How many texts do you think she has right now? How many texts? Oh, do you probably think a million. Have? I should probably keep texting her the same link over and over, so I, I <laughs> move up to the top of the list. Top. That's probably what I should do. Yeah. If it doesn't work for you, we'll just uh, we'll we'll keep trying, I guess. Uh, I really want. I'm really waiting to see these these K by Ks on here because it's going to be yeah. really fascinating. Uh, someone said, well, I, I, I actually I don't want to speculate until we actually know. But it looks like, I mean, NC State 4, 7, and 20. So three in the top 20 um, point-wise point raw score. Um, pretty dang good. Mahala Norris, as I mentioned before, was in the B race in that first Vegas meet we went to and gets fourth at NCAA Cross. Just an amazing uh, run for her. Um, we're still... working to get these results let us know in the chat if you're in the chat uh what you thought of the women's rights predictions for the men's race as well and while you're here subscribe please subscribe 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 to the flow track podcast youtube channel um put questions in as well too we're hoping to be joined by morgan mcdonald for the men's race many thanks to courtney frericks for coming on Pretty, pretty cool story she told there just to give you the idea of the the pressure of the the meat that she threw up pre-race before she went on to get fourth <laughs> in, in in 2010 uh outside the tent i mean that just if that doesn't tell you how much they care about uh this meat nothing nothing really will but what a uh what a fun time it was talking with her so let's uh what stands out to you i know you talked about michigan state moving way up um they went thir 13 28 29 61 81 uh they're their I mean, top five pretty impressive yeah michigan state and minnesota big 10 doing a, an incredible last k but we also i mean we kind of are taking for granted nc state's second place finish i mean they had hannah seelman finish mm -hmm. fifth then Camille finished ninth. Caitlin Tui was top 25. She finished 24th overall. Yeah. 
Dominic Claremont, yeah. 63rd. Savannah Shaw, 98. I'm very impressed with NC State did. Kay and Tui showed up when it mattered most, which was at a cross-country meet. And she's pretty good at cross-country, so it made sense. Yeah. I think she's the top yeah. freshman. No. Was she the top freshman? Yeah. 100. Yeah. Dudek was a bit back here. Um, 96, Travis tells me, that's the same score that Arkansas had when they won in 2019 when they beat BYU by just six points. Interesting tidbit there as well, too. Should we bring, but, should we bring Morgan on? Well, are we going to try to get Coach Taylor first? Are we going to try to get Coach well, Taylor first? Or? We'll get, oh, we got Morgan. Coach we got Taylor Morgan. Come on. We got Morgan now. So, What's up, Morgan? Let's do it. What's up, guys? How you doing? Doing we good. You got your gear doing... on? Wisconsin wow. gear? There you go. Representing, of course. <laughs> Morgan McDonald, four-time NCAA champion at Wisconsin. Uh, currently a YouTube star now as well, too. Uh, before we go any further, Morgan, you want to plug your, we're all, we're live on YouTube. So do you want to plug your YouTube page? Yeah. Um, everyone go check out my channel. Just search Morgan McDonald. You can uh, watch my videos there. Uh, I don't know if they're informative. You might learn a thing or two, but mostly <laughs> I just try to make them funny and, and uh, show my life as a pro runner and try and make it, make it a bit interesting. So yeah, go check it out. You might, you might like it. What's, something that you wish you would have had on your YouTube channel from your college days? Like what would have made the um, best Wisconsin era Morgan McDonald YouTube video? <laughs> um, just everything, honestly, like especially during the summer times. I mean, obviously it would have been really cool to have a camera there in some of those moments in my final year mm -hmm. when things, um, you know, I just got to do so many cool races and have so many great experiences. But even just like all the times when you're just hanging out with your team and stuff, like the summer times in Madison, um, you know, it'd be so cool to to have the camera there on the bus rides and stuff. Like after, for example, back in, I would say 20, I think 2016, we won Big Tens after mm -hmm. losing it the year before. And just like the amount of emotion that we had as a team after winning that title, after losing it the year before, like that stuff is just like the most special stuff. And if I could have that captured in video, and go back to that, that, that'd be so cool, I think. Did you get a chance to watch the women's race? And if so, what did you think of the final K? We're still a little speechless about it. I'll be honest, I didn't watch it. I actually thought the women's race was off of the men's race, and I just got back to my run. <laughs> so, so I just came in and I'm like, oh, shoot, I missed the women's race. So I'm going to have to go back and watch that one. Well, we no can spoilers, tell you basic. Well, well, I'll spoil it. BYU won. You can look at this result on your yeah, screen. Yeah, uh, But the uh, the main situation that we noticed was there was a lot of carnage that happened in the final K, uh, yeah. where some top athletes lost twenty spots, some teams fifth and fourth runners lost fifty spots, and it makes us think: Will we see that translate into the men's race, where we might see the nine K split might be a mirage because that final K. We're going to see some carnage. Yeah, I mean, I've heard rumors that this is a very, very tough course, which to me at least is exactly what you want. Like, that's what makes it interesting. That's what makes it fun. And especially with the – if you, like, look at the the individuals in this men's field, how stacked it is in that top 10 with um, obviously, like, Wesley, but then also, like, all the NAU and BYU guys, I hope that they're just, like, going at each other the whole race and then in that last K everything just blows up. That would be – very entertaining to watch. So you, did you watch the uh, NCAA Indoor Championships? 
a yeah. little bit of the, like some of the distance races. What was your and thoughts on what Wesley Kip? What was your thoughts <laughs> on Kip too? What a bull, man. That's like, I, I honestly love that. I mean, it's, it's crazy when you have someone who, I mean, I don't know, a year ago, I don't want to call him an un, unknown because obviously he was doing great things in the conference that he was in the, that he was racing in, in the division rather. But I mean, obviously coming into this year on, in a D1 level, like no one like was really talking about him and then you just have him and it just changes everything. And I think when you have a lot of different individuals, like a lot of different racing styles in particular from an individual standpoint, it just makes it so much more entertaining. For example, if I go back to, to my races with Grant Fisher, the thing with Grant Fisher and I is that we're like the exact same athlete. Like we're so similar in our racing styles. Whereas if one of us had been say a Wesley Kiptu where, you know, we had the, <laughs> I don't know what it is, whatever he's got, he's got a lot of it. But if one of us had that, where like, we'll go out and run a 201, 800 to start off a 5k. I mean, that just, that just makes it so exciting. And so to have him in the field, and then you have a lot of these other guys who are amazing runners, like it just makes it like, it's just such entertaining racing, obviously in that indoor 5k, unfortunately, like, a lot of the other top guys chose to race cross country instead. So we didn't get those matchups that you'll hopefully see in outdoors, but I think it's so cool. And it takes me back to like, I mean, I really fell in love with this sport back in 2011, watching NCAA, watching, you know, Lawi Lang and um, Kennedy Kathuka, Steven Sambu, and then racing against, or like, you know, Chris Derrick and, and Ryan Hill and all those guys. So it reminds me a lot more like that, having all these like big hitters on an individual level. So I think it's awesome. Here's a question I have for you. Let's pretend it's 2018 all over again. You're on your home course. You know you're fit. But three days before that race, you see Wesley Kipto on 1323, and you know he's going to be in your race. Yeah. <laughs> How would you race him? What would you do? Would you be like, I'm just as good as him. I'll just stick with him. Would you sag off him? Like, Would you change your game plan with this newcomer coming into your race? No, I mean, a hundred percent, it wouldn't have changed anything. Like the way that I approached these races, um, was just like, go for the win. And so when you have someone that that's who's as good as he is, like you can't, I don't think you can really give them any ground and count on them maybe blowing up at the end. I mean, you've seen people try to do that before. I know, um, last championship, I, Joe Clucky came second. And I knew, know that he wishes that he had gone out with, um, was it Kemboy, I think? Who, who won oh, last Kurgan. time? Kurgan, sorry. Yeah. Kurgan, yeah. Kurgan, like, when you have someone that's as talented as, as um, these guys coming in, like, and you're trying to win the race, like, it doesn't change it. You go with them. And then, you know, if you, if you can't hang on and you blow up, then that's just what happens. But, um, you know, I think a lot of these guys – in this field will have confidence that they'll be able to stick with him and then even out kick him at the end. I think 1323 solo is an amazing, amazing effort, but I think, you know, a lot of these individuals um, are probably very confident right now and feel like they can, they can hang with that. So that's how I would have felt. I would have felt that I could go with someone of that level and, or at least I would have, you know, died trying. That's, that's how I would have liked to do it. It's interesting to hear your perspective. Because I guess that shows the mentality of an athlete like yourself, where we think about all the, oh, you're too good. Oh, you, it's better to play it safe. But if you have the mentality of, I want to win, you're not going to lollygag and B 
be cute with it. You're just going to trust your own ability. Makes sense. Yeah. I mean, it's, if it, I guess it depends how fast he goes out. I've, I've heard that he's gone out in like eight minutes to a three can a cross country race before. So if he's going out that quick, I, I mean, maybe you just literally can't go out that quick because your, your body is just like, can't do that. That's a different story. But um, yeah, from an, in, like the way that I always, well, Mick as a coach in college always taught me or told me to race, even though it's such a team sport, he always said like, Morgan, what's best for you as an individual is going to be what's best for the team. So that's, that's how we approached it. I mean, I'd be interested. I imagine that a lot of these, the NAU and BYU guys feel probably similar, like, cause you can see how maybe they would want to hold back because obviously individually they want to win, but from a team standpoint, the difference between coming, um, you know, second to sixth, isn't that different compared to trying to win and then blowing up and coming 20th. Like that's mm -hmm. such a big difference from a team standpoint. So it will be interesting if they really take that into account or if their coaches have said anything, but I don't know, man, at the end of the day, we're like, we're all, we're all racers and uh, we love to just get off and try to win. I think so. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if a bunch of guys go with him, but <laughs> who knows how fast he'll go out. Yeah. The, consequences of that decision are especially stark on this course we just saw from from orton who i don't even think went out that aggressively gordon you can correct me if i'm wrong but it seemed like she ran the exact plan she wanted slowly pulled away and then went from first to to 17th over the final k i mean imagine going out at wesley kip two pace over 10 kilometers and and how you'd react uh we got some questions from morgan in the chat that i want to get to here uh what, someone wants to know what you thought of cole hawker's weekend Man, that blew my mind. I've I've seen like even watching just what he did in the mile was enough to like to make me be like, wow, this guy is so special. Like who can who can control a race like that and then close into twenty five and to run a time like that? Like that's that's wild. And then I've seen a lot of people try to do that double. For example, my teammate Ollie, who is an amazing, amazing runner, obviously, and he's also a really strong runner. Like he's really strong. And I've seen him try to do that double and just absolutely suffer in the 3K. So, I mean, I thought like my mind was blown off to watching the mob, but then seeing him come back and do that in the 3K, I just honestly unbelievable. I think like I think that's so special. Someone else wanted to know the status of your ankle. We're gonna get very Morgan specific <laughs> here before the start of this race. Ankle, ankle's going well. Getting better every day. That's good. I was making I was making a joke. What are the odds that a uh... A, a once in a century winter storm in Texas affects the training of an Australian athlete. <laughs> it's like, yeah, what who, would have it? who would have thunk it? And now I'm back here in Boulder and it snowed like, I think it snowed like two to two feet or something in the last two days. So, but it's normal here, I guess. It's what you're used to. But yeah, I just can't get away from it. <laughs> what, uh, what's your thoughts? Have you been keeping tabs of the Wisconsin men at all? And what are your thoughts on? your excitement to, to watch your your alumni compete uh alma mater yeah. compete excuse me yeah. yeah i've been um i've obviously been keeping up with them and it's been so exciting since i left in particular they've had a lot of like new young guys come in um guys who are maybe freshmen when i was a fifth year or guys who came in the next year and it's just a bunch of guys who are hungry you know like and and honestly like i don't know what else you can really ask for like these guys they work hard and they they like racing and they they get after it so um they're definitely young but they're, they're very talented 
And I imagine Mick has them pretty ready for this race. I think this is the one that they've been preparing for for a long time now. So um, I'm very excited to to see them race. And I hope it comes together because honestly, that was one of like the biggest disappointments for me is when I was in college is that we never like really got it right on the day of NCAAs from a team standpoint. Like even even my my last year, I think we were ranked top five going into the race and we only came, I think, eighth that day. Like like we just didn't, um, just a couple of people like having a bad day. And, um, you know, it's such a brutal, such a brutal event. If you need everyone to like be showing up and then to really, really like when you need everyone showing up and, and a bit more and we never quite had that. So hopefully these guys can have a day like that and and really start pushing and getting back onto like, you know, that podium and stuff. Seth Hirsch seems to be popular. His name has been written in all caps three times in the chat. I don't know if I'm missing that something. Even, that, even like Seth Hirsch, that guy's yeah, that guy's crazy. <laughs> A lot of fans the, here. Uh, yeah. Gordon, I don't know if you're ready to switch it to the men's graphic, but people are asking for the men's you graphic. You want me to? I was, want people coming in late, seeing the results of – I want people to know that Chilean got winning. I predicted this like three years ago. Very proud of it. <laughs> three years like eight months maybe ago you said she was going to be good i don't know if you ever called her yeah. as the uh, ncaa champion but man what a, so it what looks a run like, what a run it looks like they K. might be starting 10 minutes early too so because they're on the starting line now so we're with that said, maybe we, we probably... were starting 10 minutes late there we go maybe i don't know when when windy again windy again you can it's see the flag windy. ripping wow Okay, updating got, the uh... – Gordon is updating the ticker. And if you got uh, questions for Morgan throughout the race, drop them in the, drop them in the chat. Uh, we're just going to let him talk. Um, I have a lot of experience talking with Morgan during the duration of an entire cross-country race because he came into the studio a couple of years ago and talked about his race for the entire time. Sure. So I'm perfectly, perfectly content just listening to him narrate, um, jump in <laughs> as we can. Uh, yeah. So we're, we're getting ready to go here. What do you yep. think, Morgan, we talk about wind, you talk about heat, talk about hills. How would you formulate a game plan or push those things out of your mind or figure out how to use them towards your advantage? Uh, I think everyone hates the wind. So that just means you'll see people trying to talk me more. No one likes the wind, but then people like hills. I personally love hills. So when I get to run those, I get excited. So I think people will be trying to use the hills. Um, to their advantage and pushing on those when others are struggling. But yeah, no one, I don't think anyone likes the wind at all. You just, it just makes you kind of want to tuck in and, and yeah, take it a little easier. I believe BYU and NAU started next to each other. That's yep. uh, a good sign for, I guess, NAU. Cause I remember last year they were in separate spots and BYU had such a better position than NAU. And then ever since then it was smooth sailing for BYU. But now that NAU and BYU are right next to each other, they can literally just mirror each other the entire race to know, hey, just be in front of white or be in front of black, whatever you need to to improve your position when it comes down to the BYU-NAU battle. And Wesley Kipchoge yeah. with them as well. So <laughs> That is an impressive front pack. Who's that green? Is that Notre Dame? Damn, look at those yeah. guys. But, you know, that's how I like to – honestly – I, I, I respect that a lot. I, I kind of, one of the things I say about cross country is like, it's as easy to run in the front 
as it is to run at the back. And it's actually way easier to run at the front. So that doesn't make sense what I just said. But what I'm trying to say is getting out hard is very <laughs> advantageous in cross country because like running in those packs is so hard and it takes so much effort. And, you know, I struggled a lot with that freshman year that by the time I got to my last couple of years, I was just like, screw it. I'm going to try to get to the front of every single race and see what happens. Mm-hmm. Kip two already yeah. 700 meters in has like a three meter lead. No, <laughs> and I think the people behind him are looking are like, like are you going to go? Are you going to go? Connor Mance uh, might, might do it. Connor Mance is there. You got Alex Masai, it looks like, there on the outside. And then you got some NAU coming up there, trickling in. NAU's in the the blues oh, this black. year. Weren't they, they were in gold. They're black. Yeah, or black, yeah. black. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Really? Interesting. Interesting call there in the, in the heat. All right. So the <laughs> first question was answered, which was, is Wesley Kiptu going to go to the front? And the answer is yes, but... I don't know, Morgan, maybe it's just a feel every, do you think, well, no, I was gonna say, is he just feeling everybody out and then he's going to just settle in, but it looks like he's kind of well, put the gas pedal down. He just went through the first K in about 2.30, about <laughs> 230, <laughs> 230. So The gas pedal is very much so down. Um, he is just absolutely going for it. And yeah, Connor Mance, wow, that guy, much respect, man. He's, he's going right with him, so. These guys are going very, very quick. This is not a sustainable pace, but this is the way that he likes to run. He likes to just hammer it. And, um, you know, if he can hold it, he's shown in the past that he can hold it. So um, we'll see what happens. But that's for 1K into a cross country race, that's a pretty big gap. And they're running very quick. So if you look at the team scores through 1K, again, it's only 1K, doesn't really mean much. But the first thing I see is NAU's fifth did not go up the front. NAU's fifth is already in 90th place, whereas BYU's f- top five all went up because BYU doesn't have a six. Their six is 189th. But BYU, Notre Dame, Gonzaga, they all got their core up front, whereas NAU only got four of their five up front. And it looks like Connor yeah. Mance is going with Kip Till. <laughs> he is going with Kip Till. Man. I love that. <laughs> Oh, man. So that's Bosley. Any use five is Bosley who got trapped behind. You got to think he probably would have wanted to go with that that first group and not get left. I wonder if part of this for Mance is, hey, individual title. I, I want one too, right? Didn't get to run indoors, even though he ran sub 13, sub 1330. Yeah, this is the better plan for the team. And he he's going to sacrifice the individual desires for the, the team. But hey, you could maybe you can do both today. This is just very, this is very bold. But I don't know why we predicted anything different than for Connor Mance. No, 100%. Connor Mance strikes me as the type of guy who's going to go for it. He doesn't want to leave anything. Uh, he doesn't want to leave this race with any regrets. And so he's going for it. And, I mean, you can't really ask for much more. He's uh, he's had a great season. He's so talented. So why not? Why not try and compete for that individual title that you believe that you can win? But, I mean, what... Well, 2k split's going to be insane <laughs> very insane that's why i mean this race is so strung out already these packs are forming and there's it is very very windy there so 523 523 through 2k Crazy. wow nau is currently in like fourth fifth sixth ninth they have four in the top 10 so nau's 
looks like NAU is going with the strategy of we're not we're not chasing Kip too, whereas Connor Mance is saying I'm going for it. This looks like what we're, we're getting yeah. here. Yeah, that's smart. I think NAU's now they're they're racing. They're the second pack. Um, you know they're gonna. I believe they'll just sit in in that second pack and then they'll try to kick and win it. Um, they'll let Kip to do his thing at the front, which from a team standpoint is is really smart and. Yeah, they moved a lot up in at that 2K split. Drew Bosley, their fifth guy, is super talented. I think he might have been struggling with an injury or something, but he's super talented. So I, I would have a lot of faith in him as a fifth guy to come through when it counts on a day like this. Yeah, looking at that 2K split, basically, NAU's top four, very good position. They have four in the top seven, pretty good. Uh, they just need their fifth to slowly chip away. And then they should be back in contention up front. But right now, BYU with the lead, 71 points, NAU 82. Notre Dame looking good there, keeping it under 100 with 98 points. I wonder if Connor Mance has a plan B. Because Wesley Kiptu seems like the guy who's hell-bent on not letting anybody run near him, even if it means he needs to push himself to extreme lengths. Because now there's a gap. So now he's in no man's land. What, what would you do here, Morgan? Uh, I mean, there's not much you can do. This is just racing. I, I'm I'm actually really impressed. Like the, I think that's Masai, Alex Masai behind Mance. He's honestly like catching up to him as well. So it looks like, it looks like those guys behind might catch Mance, whether he he wants them to or not. And then he'll be racing against them, which, yeah, probably mm -hmm. will be a good thing for him to have some guys to work with because Kiptu, I think you're spot on. I think he just does not want anyone next to him, and so he was going to run whatever pace it took to to get a gap. But yeah, now uh, Messiah, I think, is already caught up to, to Mance. So he's going to have someone to work with, which is really nice. And I feel like for those Kip to, he's not going to, I don't think he's going to push the pace when he is like, I think he only pushes the pace when there's someone on him. And it looks like he's slowing down. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he is slowing yeah. down to let the rest of the guys come to him. I guess this is the hills that he's slowing down on. But the, the Kiptu's yeah, lead isn't that big. I mean, it's like what? No, 15 meters like on that second pack? No, like those guys are that that gap hasn't changed much since since um in the last half K or so. Even in the last K, it hasn't really changed much. But Masai, wow, he is just mm. he's right up there now. And now it's the race of two and Mance is is behind the both of them. I was uh texting yeah, uh one of the coaches and say, who do you think will go with Kip to? And he gave me a list of like Mance, Grijalva, you know, Herrera. And I was like, Alex Masai. And we're seeing that right now. <laughs> I mean, he ran, he ran in the 10 K ran like a 28 minute 10 K, uh, at the track meet. So he's, he's a talented guy. He's run thir sub thirteen thirty, I believe an indoor track last year. So it makes sense. He has, he has the skill set, but the question is, can he hold on for a full 10 K? One question we got the answer to was, will Wesley Kiptu wear gloves when it's 60, just like he wore gloves indoors? And the answer is yes. He appears to be wearing <laughs> gloves again. Now, I want to contrast that with Morgan McDonald, who won the 2018 NCAA Cross Country Championships in the snow with, if I'm not mistaken, Morgan, the thinnest pair of mittens possibly sold at Target. Is that right? Yeah, they were. Yeah. When, you know, when you run cross country, you often – um, 
you start off and your hands are super cold, obviously, but then once you get going, they get really hot and you throw your gloves away. And I think we just <laughs> thrown so many pairs of gloves away and lost them that we decided to just like go to just the cheapest store and get like a crappy pair just, just for the day. And I mean, I actually kept them on the whole time because it was pretty cold. But yeah, I think my outfit was the exact same as Kip 2 is wearing right now, even though there's 30 degrees of difference and a lot of snow different. <laughs> so, I don't know. I guess maybe he has bad circulation to his hands or something, but it's a look for sure. It's a, it's definitely, it's definitely cool. I dig it. Bosley's so, up to 40th. He went yeah. 90th to 40th from 1K to 3K. Guy like that one through four uh, pack for NAU. Three, four, five, six. I don't think you can get any better than that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, and I think they clearly made a strategy. We are not playing the Kip 2 game. We are just going to play the – we want to pack up in that front pack game. And it looks like Mance yeah. went for it, starting to pay for it a little bit. Masai's going with him. And then you just see the rest of that pack right there slowly reeling in Mance now. Yeah, that's a nice – NAU is packed up. Just four chilling. Wow. So who's uh who's the sixth man for NAU? Uh, I was Hasty, and then I think Raf was seven. Raf is your yeah. seven man. Some someone wants to know in the chat, Morgan. When do you think the second pack should start if they can, trying to bridge the gap? Seven K, eight K. Yeah, I mean, I think I think they'll just run a very solid, consistent race. Like I don't think there's going to be any like big moves made from them, and but I think they'll be able to hold their momentum a lot better than some of these individuals out there. I think it'll be more of a question of when the people in front of them, how, if they can hold on to it and if they're going to start dying at some point. And then once you see someone dying in front of you, that's when you start getting a bit amped up and that's when you're like, all right, let's go, let's catch them. So I don't think they're going to make any crazy moves, especially having four of you guys together. They don't have to really do anything too crazy. But if they see someone in front of them starting to die, I think in that last couple K is definitely when they'll be they'll be going for it and things will maybe get more broken up. But I think they'll try to stick together up until that point. Guys, NAU is running insane right now through 4K. Their fifth man is in 22nd place. That's I they they might they might get sub 50 here, a sub 50 score. We not we might need to look up the record books and see uh what the all-time lowest score is in cross-country history. I think it's like 17 from UTEP, so they have a ways to go well, for that. Non, 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 non-UTEP, maybe that, maybe the non-UTEP. Well, Sta- Stanford, had some, Stanford had some ones in the 20s too. Someone can correct me in the, in, in the chat, but those Ryan Hall teams were pretty ridiculous. But not to take away from what they're doing. Yeah, what are we at? What, 3, 4, 5, 7, 22, and 45? Notre so Dame. It's good to have your – Notre Dame running well. They're like, they got their top six in the top 32. Really? Matt, so Notre Dame might be able to pull up an upset. If NAU falters a bit here in this mid part of the race, Notre Dame right now is in position. They have six bodies in the All-American spot. Mm-hmm. Um, if they can, if they can, I mean, they're going to have to hope for NAU's fifth to just kind of crater. But if NAU's fifth craters and Notre Dame stays where they are, Notre Dame could sneak in a win. Yeah. That'll be the biggest upset. Well, Notre Dame. Whoa. Let's learn. Let's learn. Let's learn some lessons though from the women's race. Let's learn some lessons from the women's okay. race here. When Michi- Michigan State ended up podium, podiuming, and we didn't even we didn't even talk about them in the beginning. 
portion of the race. So I think this is there's gonna be a lot of there's gonna be a lot of changes over the last uh last six K of this race. Masai though hanging tough in here. Yeah, he we said good. the uh over under was set at fourteen flat for opening five K. They're at thirteen oh. twenty eight through four point eight K. I don't know. We'll, we'll see uh, what the five K split will be, but it's going to be definitely sub 14, 15, I bet. Oh my goodness. It's insane. So Morgan, seeing how this race played out, where do you think you would be? I would hope would that I would been? be, I, I would like to say that I would be with those front guys with Masai, but, but honestly, I don't hate where, I don't hate where the NAU pack is at all. I think like they're actually not that far back and these guys at the front have been working really hard. So really like I wouldn't hate to be in that NAU pack and feeling like I could um, close a bit harder over that second 5K because they just went out in what, like 14-10 or something like that is, I mean, maybe they'll run 28-20. They, they, these guys are so talented, but that's a very fast first 5K. So I wouldn't mind going out a touch slower and feeling like I had a bit more to give in the second half. Yeah, out in fourteen twenty four was the official five k split fourteen twenty four. So I got some all time low scores here for you, Gordon, courtesy of Kurt okay. in the chat. Eighty one UTEP, eighty one UTEP had seventeen. O three Stanford had twenty four. The nineteen forty four Drake squad had twenty five. Ninety three Arkansas thirty one, and then the O five Wisco team thirty seven. Let's go badges. There you go. There we go. A Wisconsin connection, as always. Who is a hard enough for Who's the Florida State kid in in fourth place? That's Adrian Wildshut, the transfer from Coastal Carolina. Who? Let's get some hype about that kid. He's having a great. Did race. he? Did he? Didn't he run with? He was running with Kip Two in indoors, right? Am I remembering this right? Did he? He ran into the indoors as well, too, Gordon. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Yeah. So he, he knows what can happen if you go out with, with Wesley Kip too. Uh, so we have a situation unfolding here. I don't think it's right, but I think the results haven't counted Abdi Hamid Nur because he's, it's, do you see him in the screen? Do you see Abdi Hamid Nur of NAU? Because if not, all of a sudden at Notre Dame is in the lead. If Abdi Hamid Nur dropped out or something, I don't know. Do you see Abdi Hamid? That's going to be a big question. All I see is Wesley Kipto. All I see is Wesley Kipto. All I see is Wesley Kipto. Well, I see Kipto. I see Masai. I see Mance. And then, uh, as Morgan brought up, uh, Wild Shut there clinging on after he got fourth. He got fourth in that 5K run, 1330. Here you go. Yeah, there's Abdi. Oh, no, Abdi Hamid's there. He's there. He's there. Okay, so there's a error with yeah. the results, so we're going to uh, we'll switch back to 4K. Just the NAU it. pack is Closer. so tight; they just blend into one person. I think is what happened. Yeah. So yeah, Travis said his timing chip working. Yeah. So, so we won't update the 5K split because it doesn't have Abdi Hamid in there, which would keep NAU uh, in the lead. But Notre Dame's still holding strong. I mean, so right now Notre Dame is NAU's in first Notre Dame's in second and then Arkansas looking good still they're in third position Arkansas good redemption run they can hold on here Stanford in fourth BYU all the way back in fifth 
yeah, BYU mm-hmm. doesn't look like they have a four or five. They're not going to have that magic this time around. Uh, man. NAU, man, the they, they the- are out for blood. Whew. They can hold this on. The people in the chat are on it, man. The people in the chat, they already looked at the rivers. They diagnosed the entire problem and said Nur was in there while we were still like tossing it around. I, I click yeah. over the chat for one second. So I need to be closer. I need to pay closer attention to the chat. I also got like four texts about Abdiham and Nur too in the last 45 seconds. Yeah. So that's a new, the results new have them for me. Yeah, the results have them in dead last in 246 place, which I don't think is true. Mm. That would be Okay, so hopefully that gets though. sorted out. Hopefully that gets oh, sorted looks like out it's, here. Oh, it looks like it's not going to be sorted out. So it looks like because he missed the mat the entire time, his result isn't going to be in. So his Ugh. 5K split is now registered as – no, his 6K split is now being registered as a 5K split. Does that make sense? Ah, uh, Yeah, it does. But you know a lot of coaches are looking at their phones and looking at the live results, and I don't know if there's an announcer out there. It's calling. They're going to hear that the entire time now. You guys seeing what's happening at the front here? These guys just caught up to Kip too. This is crazy. Now it's a pack of four. Ooh. This is exciting. Look at Morgan paying attention to the winning race when we're talking about NAU's fourth guy. I mean, come on. What are, no, no, no. What do you think here? What I mean, do you think <laughs> is this, this is Kip two playing games? I don't think so. If I was Kip two and I thought that I could run a race run away from the field. I would have done that by now. I mean, he, he tried to do it from the beginning. This is, you know, six, seven K into a race. Um, you know, I've, I've only really heard of him going out hard and, and holding it. I haven't heard of him trying anything else. So I don't think this is games. I think he's got three very talented athletes that have caught up to him and he's maybe feeling it a bit from that early pace, but yeah, now it's a pack of four at the front. I mean, Anything can happen with these guys. I, I wonder how far back that NAU pack is because, you know, if, if they're rolling this last 3K, they could they could come through, but they might be a bit too far back. I can't tell. At 6K, Morgan, they were about 11 seconds back. Yeah, I mean, I mean I'm not going to say it can't be done. That is pretty far, but, um, yeah, now that's four guys at the front. Like, this is racing. This is, this is right where all these guys want to be. You know, now – you don't have to – you can essentially switch off a little bit and try relax and try – you know, you're so just in like a race mentality now. You're not thinking. All you're doing is just, all right, I'm going to hang with these guys, and then when I feel good, I'm going to make a move. So for these guys in the front pack, like, that's – they're right where they want to be. Gordon, are we going to update it, or are we going to wait until um, we have NER yeah. included in there? Yeah, I'm trying to figure out a way – to update it so hold hold up yeah the reason why we're not updating the scores is because they're incorrect i mean do you want to put them up and just put a big disclaimer i don't know well the the thing is it's not that simple i wish it was simpler than oh he's back in it we're good all right we're back so 7k they fixed it okay they're three four five six so when 7k comes in we will update this scores apologize for the mishap so here is the individuals. Boom. Again, to clarify, we are not in charge of the live results. We, we are not in charge of the live results. Team wise, but Abdi back in there. Yeah, they have that 41 points team wise. Notre Dame 75. Arkansas so, in third, 169. Wow. Oklahoma State, fourth, 176. 
so much has happened in this race, but now it's back to Mance and um, Kip to racing at the front with uh, how do you say the state guy's name? Wild Wild Shoot. Wild Shot. He's, yeah. Wild Shot. He's right there on them. And the NAU pack. I'm not sure if you guys saw, but the NAU pack is split up. Those guys are those guys are just racing now. They had a few seconds um, between all of them, and actually, I think it was Blaze Power that was that was leading their charge. So they're trying to close and, and they're going for it, seeing if they can catch some guys in front of them. But they, they're they doing great. It's actually, yeah. Yeah, it looks like mm, Grijalva is the fourth guy in that pack and Pharaoh is the first one. You probably expect that order to be flipped. <laughs> yeah, and now they're going up a big hill and Connor Mance, he's pushing it. This is this is awesome to see. Um, yeah, I don't know if Kip2 likes these hills. I guess we'll find out. See but they're they're racing they're going they're going very hard right now with uh three quarters into this race notre dame they're at 7k 9 11 15 19 21 and then their sixth is scoring 25 right now so they're an amazing position to to beat B, to beat byu and be there if nau slips up byu's back in sixth right now arkansas is third oklahoma state fourth Stanford fifth, but still a lot of running left, but Notre Dame has put themselves in a really good spot. Nagusa is their third guy. Kind of nuts. Yeah. That Notre Dame squad has been good for a few years. Uh, in 2018, they were our main, our main competition at regionals, and they had some really good uh, young guys. They have, obviously have Nagus at the front, but then they had uh, Danny Cure and I think Dylan Jacobs. So they have a really good top three guys that have clearly been pushing, and they are doing great right now. Yeah, Kilre is was 11th at 7K. Jacobs was 13th. Nagus 17th. Josh Methner, uh, 23rd, the freshman. And then Andrew Alexander, 25th. And then Jake Renfrey, another freshman in 30th. So they're guys, I think it's, it, BYU is turning in an all-time performance, and they don't really have any margin for error. It's a good thing that they're doing it right now. Go, Gordon. What were you saying? Mance, I think Mance might win this race. I thought he was out of it right away when I was like, oh, he made a mistake. He shouldn't have gone. But Kip2 has not shown that he's the best kicker. Mance can kick. I don't know, man. I, I think Mance might pull away with this. If he's in it with like – 800 to go. I'll, I'll put all my money on Mance. Yeah. All of I don't it? think that's bad at all. He, he's been looking really good coming through. And your basis, Gordon, for saying Kip2 is not a good kicker is that he lost a race to Cole Hawker and Cooper Tier? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, that's pretty much everybody right now. So just to set everybody's expectations. So while NAU is in the lead, Notre Dame is is, oh, yeah. is close. Their fifth is in 22nd place. Their sixth is in 26th place. NAU is going to need their fifth yeah. to really show up for them to have a shot. It's getting close. Yeah. Well, yeah, BYU way far back, uh, farther back than I would have anticipated. Yeah, BYU's but... out of it. It's a Notre Dame versus NAU battle now. Yeah, and uh, ooh, trouble, a bit of trouble here for NAU because Bosley's going backwards. He dropped 15 spots in the last split. So they yeah. are on the 
Oh, They're boy. a bit on the ropes. They're a bit yeah. on the ropes here. I'm looking at 8K. And yeah, Grijalva dropped two spots. Nur dropped a spot. Nico and Blaze in fifth and sixth are holding steady, but it's a nervous moments right now because Notre Dame seems to be holding all their spots. Although just as I say that, I saw Methner dropped seven spots, but they have Notre Dame has a really solid first six. That's, yeah. that's the thing. Like if someone, if they can afford a bit of a hiccup and not have the bottom fall out. Right behind Bosley though is hasty hasties and 41st. So they just need one of hasty or Bosley to not fall off and, and they should be fine, but it's close right now with 2k to go. Anything can happen. I'm seeing 16 points as the margin. Is that correct? Yeah, 16. Uh, no, 14. Wow. Oh, 16. Yeah, 16. You're right. I can't do math. Oklahoma State running well. They're in third now. This kind of reminds me of the, the, the team race in 2018, Morgan, in, in Madison. You were winning the individual race. So you weren't paying attention to this. But there was a moment when Matt Baxter dropped off when I was like, oh, my goodness, is this all going to come crashing down for NAU? And one or two splits later, it was like, oh, no, they're fine. He just They just replaced yeah. him with somebody else, and the bottom didn't fall out on him. Man, Mance is, yeah, Mance is going Mance for it. He is, yeah, yeah. It up. he is dropping them. He is dropping um, everyone. He's got three seconds on them now. I think – see, I think you could tell Mance was feeling good because he was leading that pack – for the last K or two up the hills. And, you know, when you see Kipti, you get the sense that he wants to, he feels like he needs to lead to be in control of the race. So the fact that he was letting Mance even even take the lead was was a bit of a sign that, um, you know, Mance had a bit of an upper hand on him. And now he's just, in this last K, I think he's really made his move and he's just trying to run away with it right now. Okay, so the lead is now ballooned a bit to 21. For NAU, mm -hmm. but it is still close. NAU's four five are, I mean five six are in thirty nine and forty. Notre Dame's five six are twenty six and twenty eight. So twenty Man, points is, at nine k um, is the lead that Notre Dame has. I mean, excuse me, the lead that NAU has over Notre Dame. Oh, this is getting close. I'll update the nine uh, k splits as soon as I can. So good decision, I think we can say from Connor Mance not to run indoors. Yeah. <laughs> Look at that yeah. gap. Look at that no. gap. No. I mean, who knows? Maybe he he's he's tough. Maybe he could have done it. <laughs> Maybe he could have done the double, but that's a pretty sizable gap he's got right now. And yeah. This was a, yeah. a good course for him too, I think. It's very impressive. Game right. Like he went out with Kipto initially and then he he took his foot off just a little bit and then he came back like you don't you don't see that too often but he's he's obviously timed everything perfectly in this race and he is just yeah absolutely running away with it this is awesome he's been in so many ncaa finals and races and been in the mix you'd think that he has a has a title already but he doesn't this will be his first individual title he looks around now he's got to just be thinking hold it together Hold it together. You go to the lowest lowest point to the highest point to finish. So it's a it's a tough, tough stretch, but he's gonna have time to celebrate here. This is a this is gonna end up being a blowout. I did not see that coming. 
is a big win. And those NAU boys are closing hard. You can see him behind Kip too. They're going for it. Yeah, I think NAU's fortunes though are going to rest with farther back in the pack, the Bosley Hasty, just trying to get a fifth by committee there. Oh, look, Gordon, there's Nico Young. Nico, Nico, people in the chat, chime in. There he is. But here's Connor Mance. Gets his first NCAA title. Amazing. Just the composure to deal with all the, the, the pace changes and the moves in the hills is just mighty impressive for Mance. Mm-hmm. Let's see who we get. So then we got Wild Shut here. FSU transfer from South Africa in second. A lot of boxes on the screen right now. And there's Kip too. And we're going to see, is that Nico in fourth? Please. And, and, yeah, the NAU trio. And here comes Grijalva. Grijalva did not, did not fall off at all. Stuck with that pack. So now it's just a matter of NAU finding that five. Let's see if they can do it it's before Notre Dame comes comes through. Notre Dame in the green looks like three Notre Dame right there. So Always yeah, helps at nine K relevant. Notre Dame had a twenty one point lead. I mean NAU had a twenty one point lead at nine K. Mm -hmm. Okay, are the live results going to come through for us in a way they didn't for the women's race? Right Let's as. See. Uh, is that yeah, they're not coming in yet? Only uh, 9K times are in, no no, no 10K. Okay, go to the compiled tab. I just got a text, That's, go to the compiled doesn't show, tab. Nope, it's not there either. Uh, well, at least has the, well, it has the, it has the finishers though, right? Or no, it doesn't, it's not the right finish. No, that's not right. Because that's only through 9K. Ah. Uh, okay, so, so we wait again. That looked like Bosley coming across right there, wasn't it? If anybody counted in the chat and was keeping diligent <laughs> notes, now is your chance. Show off your math skills here. We will update it as soon as we – as soon as – oh, here we go. NAU won by 27 points, 60, Notre Dame, 87. Wow. Wow, so Notre, Notre Dame went uh, 20, 21, 22. Like, Notre Dame was packed up. But Notre Dame, man, second place here after being kind of casted – out of the conversation, turning into BYU NAU rivalry, and then they show up and get second. That's amazing. So big ups to them. So NAU gets their fourth in five years, and they're led by freshman Nico Young in fourth, Blaze Farrow in sixth, Abihaman Nur in seventh, Luis Grijalva in ninth. And then they had to wait a little bit for the fifth. Some nervous moments there. You're right. Four Notre Dames in from 20 to 23. But then NAU's fifth man, or Brody Hasty was their fifth man in 44th. And that would be enough for them. But yeah, great Notre Dame. Oklahoma State at home, 142. Uh, Arkansas gets the last podium spot, 181. Then Stanford, 194. Tulsa, 237. And BYU, 254. So I'm updating the, the bottom tier sorry if it's a little janky right now but it slowly will be refreshed yeah time we're, we're, we're trying to figure this out again i'm not in charge of their live results <laughs> morgan what's what surprised you um 
to be honest, like this, I don't think, I think it's, I mean, everything really does make sense. I think obviously um, the, how it played out the front with Kip too, how he wasn't really strong mm-hmm. enough. Obviously he just misjudged that a bit and went out too hard because he ended up running close to 30 minutes after going out in under 1430. So I think when you're that type of runner and then you have people um, that are with you, it is really hard to respond to that. And I don't know, perhaps he was feeling that 5k a little bit, who knows, but I mean, he, I think he gave his best effort out there. So, you know, Mant's coming through for the win, I think. Um, you know, I don't want to say that's a surprise because that guy's so talented. And he's shown the way that he races cross-country, like he races to win. So um, that's awesome to him. You know, the team the team battle obviously was the big surprise, I suppose. You thought that BYU's top three would be mixing it up with that NAU pack. But I think NAU showed today that, you know, that's why they – that's why they win all these races because they're able to have, you know, that three, the three to five guys who just can, you know, run and just tear it up and, you know, getting those guys all in the top 10, like no, not many teams can do that, have a pack running together at that pace and just be so composed. So that's awesome. And the fact that they have a freshman and Nico Young leading the charge is just like, that's, that's really impressive. That's so exciting for them going forwards. I mean, a freshman coming forth in this race is always, amazing and you know really exciting for for the future i think um there's gonna be some really good races going forwards i didn't realize that all three guys in front of him were a junior as well so um Mm -hmm. that's that's a little surprising to me to be honest but that means there's gonna be some great races coming through but yeah that was that was awesome this was in a way that nau performance that you thought might happen in in terra haute with that many people packed in and just, okay, the individual race isn't theirs, but they're able to just pile up a bunch of guys in the top 15. For BYU, they got obviously a great race from Connor Mance. Casey Klinger was 12th, and then their next point score didn't come until 69 and then 70 and then 102. So not their day outside of the the top two. Um, and it says in the chat here that Garnica dropped out. I haven't confirmed that yet, but that would probably. Oh yeah, I only see that they only have six finishers, so yeah. obviously a blow for them. That th- they weren't going to beat NAU today, but that definitely could have lopped a ton off their their team score, maybe put them in podium position. I'm impressed with Arkansas. Did they came back from mm-hmm. going all in on indoors? They thought they could podium indoors. Came out disappointed, finishing like eighth, ninth, or tenth. I forget where they finished, and then come back here with like, you know, there are teams that scratched cross country. They're like, we're going all in on indoors, and we're not even going to try cross country. They tried both, and they were rewarded yeah. for giving a second shot at XC and come away with a trophy. Like, Oregon didn't do this. I mean, the Arkansas women didn't do this, but the Arkansas men decided to do it, and it worked out. So, uh, big ups to Coach Bucknam of Arkansas, their team, it's going to be scary if they're fresh next year, if they return all their guys. Yeah. They're going to be able to challenge NAU and, and Notre Dame here, uh, I think, for a title if they're all fresh. So, but yeah, in Oklahoma State, Dave Smith, I'm sure he's thrilled. They were kind of – Oklahoma State looked good early on, kind of fell off a bit. But now, I mean, getting third on your home course, mm-hmm. I mean, Morgan, you know what that's like, getting to host a trophy – on your home course, yeah. I'm sure Dave Smith is thrilled to do this in Stillwater. It's amazing. That's like there, there's no better feeling. 
And yeah, I should have also said big surprise Notre Dame because I did not expect them to be that good. But if you look at the top five, even that top six, if you have a, if you tell me a team would have their six man being thirty first or whatever, you ended up finishing like that is <laughs> that is that's crazy. And I think they probably have um, most, if not all, of their guys coming back as well. So they'll be so pumped off this. And yeah, they just need that pack to just move forward, so just a little bit over the next year, and they'll be they'll be really, really in the hunt for the win. I mean, they were in the hunt for the win today, but they could win that title next year for sure if they can stay healthy and have another shot at it. So should we uh, try to get uh, some of the coaches on? I think I can try to get yeah. Digit. Yeah, let's see. Let's see who we can find in Stillwater, if anybody. Uh, Morgan, I'm you sure want to hang with is... us? Yeah, if you want or to hang with us. Or well, you got to go do it. <laughs> I need to get running. Ice your ankle. I'm running seven times today, so I need to get in my fourth run of the day right now. But (laughs) it was an absolute pleasure. Um, That was an amazing race. I love cross country so much. So thank you so much for inviting me and letting me do this with you guys. Yeah. And tell people one more time how to watch your YouTube channel and all that stuff. Just just look me up, Morgan McDonald on YouTube. Um, Check out my videos, subscribe. Leave a comment, whatever. It's it's just a lot of fun. So um, yeah, hopefully you enjoy it. But yeah, thanks again for having me, guys. Thanks, Morgan. Okay. Appreciate you taking the time. Thank you, Morgan. Hey. Hey. You're, live. You're on live. Okay. Sorry. How's it feel? Can... No. It's a little. We bit can hear deep. you. Okay. We can hear you. How's it feel? Uh, it feels pretty good feels pretty good i'm just so proud of them like it that was that was unbelievable and they just did it in such a dominating fashion uh with so much confidence yet so much composure for a pretty young team you know this team looks so different than what we had last year as far as experience goes uh whitney orton having four weeks of preparation with four workouts to do what she did today that was yeah i'm just really proud Great weekend. What were you thinking? What were you thinking the last kilometer? Um, I actually was like almost hyperventilating. Um, I yeah, I I knew we were gonna. I felt pretty good with where our four and five were. We were like thirty third and forty or thirty fifth and like forty five and ended up thirty three and forty one. So when you're when you're top three or in the uh, top 20, even with Whitney coming back, I, I knew there was enough of a gap that she probably wouldn't fall too far back. Um, and then, wow, Sarah Musselman and McKenna Lee, huge, huge performances by those women. Um, so I, and then we had to wait for the official score. So I was trying to just stay calm, but based on numbers, I, I was pretty confident that, um, that they got it done. This has been a, a crazy three or four days for you and, and your athletes. What was the past, I guess, 24 hours like building up to this cross-country championship coming off of what happened indoors? What did you tell the girls? How did they react to what they did, what you guys did in Fayetteville and use that energy into this cross-country race? Yeah, one of the things that I think is super crucial, and we did this early on years ago, is is really teaching women how to be happy for for their teammates' success. I think sometimes that can be hard. Um, and so 
all season long as I separated the teams back in January between our indoor team and our cross country team and they didn't practice together the entire time. Um, but they were celebrating each other's successes and actually getting momentum from the other team. And so I think what we did in Fayetteville a couple days ago, our our women's team was was so pumped for it. And I think it just set the tone for the weekend. Like, okay, we're, we're a part of this sisterhood too. And we're now gonna go out and do great things. Um, with the way rankings work this year, it was a little different with how people made the meet. And so when we came here back in October, and then again, when we ran in Vegas a couple times, I talked to the women about like, we're, we're the team that has the gold. And, um, you know, these teams are gonna, try to beat us because they 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 want to get they got to get the gold to get to the meet and so about a month ago i just thought okay well this for nationals i kind of switched it on them i was like okay now nobody has the gold right and we got to be gold diggers and so that was kind of just like the last 1k it was like get the gold get the gold and i mean i had like gold coins last night at the meeting with chocolate in them and just like we really just yeah they were gold diggers out there so that was kind of our mindset coming in. It's like, go get the gold. And that didn't mean the win. Cause you know, you, you can, you know, there's so many variables when it comes out here. And I'm one that doesn't ever really like to talk about outcomes. You guys know that cause you've all been texting me and I've been trying to stay very uh, humble. <laughs> but, but yeah, I think just the process of getting the gold in the race, that mindset is, So last year, not even last year, I guess go back to 2019, you guys narrowly miss the cross country title. You lose by six points with a really loaded team up front with some people who didn't have any cross country eligibility left, Erica Burke and Courtney Wayman. Then you go to indoors, you guys have a shot at the DMR, some redemption there. Obviously the meet calls, you know, gets called off. We've all seen the video, how your group was in tears from those moments to now this three days when you guys just did something that was frankly phenomenal with the DMR, the 3K, and now the cross country title. How, when you look back on it, how, how did you guys pull all those pieces together to get to get to where you are right now? Honestly, I think that this isn't just something we did the last two months. I think for the last 365 days, these women have, um, have known that like even though their season got canceled their dreams didn't get canceled and so they continue to humbly put their heads down work hard and still chase those dreams and the thing is is as we were chasing those dreams the dreams just got crazy right now all of a sudden there are women who wanted to win a title that haven't been in our top seven i mean mckenna lee was 41st today and this is her first ncaa appearance like those are incredible things that um that, that were huge for our team and yeah they just bought into their dreams and they believed I mean it's it's pretty incredible and I, I'm trying to stay as humble as possible but like that's a big flex this weekend for BYU women's distance all around with indoor and cross country that's <laughs> very proud it's a lot of titles a lot of titles <laughs> uh, yeah so oh go Kevin no I was just gonna ask for you personally you coached at D2, you have that D2 mindset, which you talk about a lot. Then you guys were close a lot, but we're coming up short. And I know you had some questions. Hey, am I ever going to get it done? And then in the span of a couple of days, you get three of them. Uh, what does it mean for you personally uh, to reach the pinnacle of your profession? 
Yeah, I think sometimes we get a little impatient as coaches. And I think one thing that uh, a close colleague told me is like, you don't win your first one, right? Like you may not win your first one. And so uh, just experience of being here and just continuing to show up and being really kind of like having a blue collar attitude about it and just grinding, never thinking that we're better than we are. You know, I'm, I'm a big believer in like under promise, over deliver uh, that kind of approach. And it's really fulfilling. I mean, I, this is this is not a job for me. Uh, I love what I do. This is really my calling in life. It's my passion, and I put 100% into it all the time. And um, when you combine that with women that also put 100% in, it's it's fun to see the magic happen. And I'm able to do that here at BYU. Um, it's why I came five years ago. I knew that it would be an opportunity to um, build something and, and do it the right way. And so that's, it's been really fun to see that. These women have been with me for a while. And so they're more than just my athletes. Um, but yeah, very, very proud. It's super rewarding, but more, more important than the title. Well, equally as important as the title is, is just who these women have become and how confident they are. And um, the legacy they're leaving here at BYU is, is just, it's beyond what I ever thought we could do. I appreciate you taking the time to call in. It's a weird time. We wish we could be there on the course. What's it like there on the course? What's the environment like? Is it like an, a typical NCAAs or? You know, it is. I mean, it looks a little different because they're kind of corralling the spectators. However, the spectators kind of broke the corrals, and so they were also all over the course. Um, <laughs> so it, it was a little more typical than um, than than what I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be pretty dead. And, um, but no, it's, it's NCAA cross country championships, 2020 in March of 2021. So as normal as that may feel, that's what it's like out here. So what's next for this BYU team? Uh, who has eligibility for outdoors and what are we going to see from the BYU women? Everybody has eligibility for outdoors. So you are going to see hopefully a ton of fireworks in May and June, but right now, um, I want to sleep for like three days, <laughs> get my voice back. Um, so we'll, we'll take a week and just recover and, and just enjoy this one before we think about what's next. Great. Well, thanks for uh, calling in. We really appreciate you taking the time and congrats again on the Thank win. You. Thanks, thanks for uh, always believing. I know you guys have sent me a lot of, a lot of texts and I had to, yeah, it was, thank you for that. Uh, great weekend all around. Enjoy the title. Take care. All right. That okay. BYU women's coach, Diljeet Taylor there. We talked about MVPs with indoor, Gordon. If we're going to do MVPs of the whole weekend, uh, BYU women's distance and Coach Taylor has to be on that list. They pull off the DMR 3K cross country trifecta, something that probably will never be done again because we probably, hopefully, will never have cross country two days after NCAA indoors. But you look at that program, it's interesting. The team you win with sometimes is not the team that you expect will be the team that you win with. You see it time and time again. Like you would have thought if you just looked at their squad, the Burke, Weymouth, Orton core would have been their best shot. And then the next season when we have a championship, you know, they lose two of those pieces and that's the year that they end up winning. I mean, the sport obviously is so unpredictable. Sports can throw a wrinkle in things all the time, but just 
just incredible that this was the year that they ended up getting the the title and on top of the 3K and the DMR. Just a big weekend for BYU women. Yeah, it's uh, couldn't have gone better to plan. I mean, I guess technically they could have itched a few more points in the mile and 800 and maybe a podium indoor. But I think yeah. if you told anyone on that pro in that program a, right a year ago when nationals was canceled indoors, outdoors is canceled. It's like, Hey, next year you're going to be cross country champions, DMR champions. You can win the three K you, you mm-hmm. take that any day of the week. So she gave a little bit of insight. She gave a little bit of insight too, into Orton saying what she'd only had four workouts essentially. And one of those workouts is going to be live on, uh, or on, right. on the site Let's go. next week. We uh-oh. Mike. Uh-oh. Gordon's got Let's his go guy. Mike. Mike, you're hey. live. How are you feeling? Hey, guys. We're feeling pretty, pretty fantastic. Really proud, really proud of our guys today. What, what was going through your mind once you saw the race develop and you saw that your core four were up there kind of together the entire race? Hang on one second. I've got to babysit some guys. Hey, guys, can you make sure they go over here? Can you make sure they go over here? Still coaching. He's still coaching. Still coaching. Coaching never stops. What's, what, was your, what was your question? Uh, what was your reaction when he saw the race develop the way it did? There was a lot of unknowns. But when he saw your guys get comfortable midway through that race, what was, how were you feeling? I thought we didn't get out particularly well, but I think – great is they, they corrected their they corrected their position uh, and so by 2k it was it was about right um, they uh, they said that's that was they knew it was gonna be hard and they said it was harder than they expected uh, when that guy's like crying and they were in pain uh, very very physically challenging race got hard they said it at 5k um, or uh, yeah our, our, our back half really held it down for us and uh, and that's that's team running Mike, it looked like from watching here that your team had no intention of joining the Wesley Kip two party up front. Was that the plan going in to let him do his thing? We're happy to race him, but uh, we're uh, we're trying to win a team championship, and so our, our tactics are around uh, are designed around uh, scoring as few points as possible. And that uh, someone going out like that wasn't part of our plan to score as few points as possible. So we. Uh, We'll, we'll race him when the time's right. It just wasn't, uh, just wasn't today. Early on in the race, your top four were right there in the top ten, but your five, six guys were kind of in the back. How did you see those guys work their way up to get into that top 40 position to be the ultimate fifth stick that you needed? At halfway, I told the number five guy he was our fifth in the hold. I told the number six guy he was our fifth in the hold, and I told the number seventh guy he was our fifth in the hold. <laughs> what? A lot of pressure. Did you did you see anything in the women's race? Did you see anything in the women's race, Mike, that informed your message for the men? <clears throat> um, it was, uh, you know, that that women's. Uh, that women's finish line was was carnage, um, and it was uh, there was a lot of panic that was occurring with that level of discomfort. Um, and 
I, I just knew that this was going to be managing your managing your thoughts. There was no way you could you could run this course at seven minute pace and it would be uncomfortable. This was going to be about managing your mind and just seeing people crawling in and needing medical attention and things like that. Uh, you know, it's uh, it's really important just to be managing your thoughts. You've been to a bunch of cross country championships. You've seen the highs and lows. But what, how did it feel being able to see Luis Grijalva and Blaise Farrow kind of put an end to their collegiate season with a win, especially after what happened last year and with COVID taking away their opportunity for redemption? Yeah, I, um, I'm so happy for those guys. They're, you know, what we do here at NAU, um, there's a lot, of, a lot of eyes on us. There's, there's a lot of expectation. We can't hide them. And uh, they... they they run out of school where everyone's watching what you do. And so when you slip, um, everyone's watching that. And so uh, I, I know the pressure they operate under. And uh, I think um, I, I just think it, it's forced them to grow in so many ways. And I've, I've seen what they've do, what, what they've done to, to come forward in the way they have. And it's uh, it's going to help them their whole lives, way, way beyond running. It's, uh, it's some, some beautiful growth as humans. Um, thought a lot about our seniors today who are here to run. I also thought about our seniors that, uh, yeah, that, that, uh, that weren't, weren't here. So, uh, Jordy and T-Day, that's, that's for you guys. Uh, they, those guys had their college careers cut off uh, about a year ago and didn't get to finish. And uh, I just think uh, the way we run as a team, we, we run for the people that aren't even on the starting line with us. And I just think all those seniors were, were very connected to this outcome today. Mike, Gordon has run out of his allotment of Nico Young questions for the season, so I'll ask about your star freshman who finished fourth here. How is he able to stay so composed with all those expectations coming in and stepping into what many people call the most nerve-wracking race any collegian can face? Yeah, it's like maybe the, it's like maybe the hardest thing you could do when you're 19. Uh, He's 18. Um, all you guys, everyone, all you guys talking about, you know, uh, like the people looking out for our sport. Um, yeah, like you, you guys with the microphones and the websites. You gotta be careful with these 18-year-olds. They're uh, if you really care about what we're what we're doing here, um, we we all want to be behind the. Uh, this phenomenal talent that's in front of us, uh, whether it's at NAU or it's at NC State or uh, you know uh, anywhere, they're, they're all ours. They're, they're all our young talent, and we want to protect them. And when they don't PR and we blow their stuff up or they're missing from a meet, and we blow their stuff up. We just have to remember that it's a uh, uh, so much on them at their at their age, and so. Um, I come up and I, I, I come around and clean up your mess when you place the expectations of the heavens on them. And fortunately, Nico Young's the guy who only needs a little bit of my help. He he, he can do that by himself. We we titled this uh, we pitched this race as an NAU versus BYU battle, but it wasn't that. It turned out to be NAU versus Notre Dame. Notre Dame put their top six in the top thirty-one. What was your reaction to seeing the way Notre Dame performed, especially late in the race when they were kind of closing in on you guys within 10 to 15 points? Huh. 
that's a team that we uh we know is uh <clears throat> i don't know i like you know we watch I, I, we watch we watch talent but we i watch culture and they've got uh the leadership there their coaching staff is coaching a culture there and it's tangible uh so i think everyone should keep an eye on them um on a course like this i was i was probably a little surprised at their positioning early um and it, i think it shows you uh, about the the positive affirmation that the race has given you as it's occurring uh how powerful that is because um i think those guys were receiving information that they were doing well and then all of a sudden you can survive the chaos in there uh so it was uh it was, it was pretty pretty remarkable <laughs> Look at these guys. Why the, oh, hey. hey, we got to go. We, we got to go, man. We got to go, go celebrate. We got to go celebrate. All right, go celebrate. <laughs> Thanks so much for taking the time. Congrats. Congrats. All right, there you go. There you go. Yeah. And he's Mike Smith there giving us firsthand account. They got title number four there. And if you look at the all-time list, Gordon, for the men, that moves them into a tie with Oklahoma State, Stanford, and Villanova. So the next group up with five men's cross-country titles, Colorado, Wisconsin, Oregon six, UTEP seven, Michigan State eight, and then Arkansas has 11. So they go from three now to, to four. This, I mean, other than some people moving around in terms of their finishing order, this worked out pretty close to what you thought in terms of score i think you had nau around 50 60 points right if i'm not mistaken yeah I, I could probably find what i had the final score of them but yeah i had them being about a 100 point favorite over the next team the one thing i just didn't have is notre dame putting together the race that they put together i don't think anyone had yeah. that maybe they did it internally and they knew like hey because if you look at how they performed at the Nevada meet, it, it, they weren't putting up a performance that said, oh, yeah, we're, we're going to be neck and neck with NAU in the final K. And they yeah. just knew how to time their season perfectly. Uh, their choice to say no to the DMR, no to Nagus in the 3K, it was a great decision. They don't finish this well if they have fun in the DMR and try to win a 3K. And you got to... I think Yer Nagus and the, his teammates, they were like, hey, let's be, let's get our, I mean, has Notre Dame ever podium before? I'm not sure that'd be a hard stat to look up, but this, I think this has to be the highest finish Notre Dame's ever had in a cross country meet and uh, it paid off. So yeah, I think things kind of happen normally, except for that Notre Dame just showing up well. Oklahoma State also ran well too, but Notre Dame, yeah. they gave NAU a run for their money. Yeah. You're right. And just, I mean, the strength of that, that group and to think you have six All-Americans in there as well too, right? Six, I mean, the six scored 31, my results just went down here, but where was their sixth guy in terms of raw score? I'm sure it was in the yeah, 36th, Josh, yeah. Josh Methner there. Yeah. So, I mean, pretty, pretty well executed there. Um, all in all. So, Man, any uh, do you want to do final thoughts now? Uh, yeah, I guess so. This has been a while. First of all, thanks for joining us. If you guys were watching yeah. this, got the uh, enjoy 
watching the two championships kind of second screen experience with Morgan and Courtney, and then getting some interviews with the coaches. This has been fun. Subscribe mm-hmm. to the podcast channel. That's all. That's what it's all about. It's all about getting that subscribe button hit. <laughs> uh, but my final thoughts are um, NAU is back on track. I think if they would have mm-hmm. lost this race, I think there would have been a narrative about, Hey, they don't got it anymore. But I think them winning this race in this fashion kind of turns last year's performance into a blip as opposed to like a a solid like point on the resume. They're go- they they've won and then they won and then they won and then they got second and then they won. I think that's pretty mm-hmm. good. So, I think yeah. NAU going into the next few years is going to continue to be that that top peg on the tree. Well, oh, that's not a good analogy, but that top <laughs> Mark that everyone's gonna be chasing. <laughs> um, Notre Dame and Oklahoma you know, State are still gonna peg. be there fighting the top. Yeah, uh, so that's my yeah. main takeaway from the men's race and on the women's race. BYU probably the greatest distance weekend any women's team has ever put together. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, Oregon was the the talk of the men's distance, but Oregon wasn't even here. BYU was the talk of the women's distance, and then they came here and then they won. So yeah, BYU overall women probably it's. What they did, I feel like, is even more impressive what the NAU men did. Because NAU men were focused on this one thing. BYU mm. had that depth where they had two different teams. They succeed indoor. They succeed cross. You can't ask for anything better than that. So BYU women, NAU men, uh, yeah, they were both ranked number both. one by me. So they won. Yeah. So I feel good. I, I got uh, per, two for two on that. So. Yeah. That's pretty good. Good. According to Gordon's uh, estimates, uh, Mariah in the chat says Notre Dame won the title in 1957, which is true. Okay. So not not their highest finish, but still, I mean, second highest to finish. score. Yeah. Well, and 87 points, they put out a, just a, a tremendous effort there. Like I mentioned, just nothing more that they, they could have done. Just ran up against a really good NAU team who, yeah. again, is, br- is bringing out, bringing back, excuse me, some key pieces like Young. Like uh, Abdelhamid Nur, Bosley, Hasty. Now you know. Now they have guys who have won a national title, which is big in terms of experience and building on what you had before. If they didn't win it this year, it would you know be two years. So then you have the leaders of the program who don't have that that experience. So it sets up for a pretty good uh, fall season. Uh, yeah, leave it there, I guess. Um, yeah. Thanks everybody for tuning in. Remember, subscribe to the Flow Track Podcast YouTube page if you haven't yet. Please subscribe. Thanks everybody for putting the comments in. Thanks to Morgan McDonald and Courtney Frericks for joining us, as well as the winning coaches Diljeet Taylor and Mike Smith. Thanks to Alon for all the producing this weekend. Big shout out yes. to Alon. Kazoo's all around. Email us flowtrackpodcast <laughs> at gmail.com. We'll talk to you guys on Wednesday. Woo! 